Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read those comic books. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty. Joining me on this episode, the slightly late Pride edition of MCMF, uh, MCMF lesbian correspondent, Jesse. Hello, hello, I return. Technically, for us, it is still Pride Month. Yeah, it's, you, it, it is June 30th. This episode will definitely come out on July 1st. Yeah, for you, dear listener, it is not Pride Month anymore, but it, it, it's Pride Month in our hearts. It's, yeah, for true. Uh, and so, for Pride Month, we decided to read one of the gayest comic books I could find, which it is, is 2002's Mechanics by Chris Claremont. I cannot believe this book came out in 2002. I want to say that at the top is, like, whatever... There's going to be, like, from a politic perspective, later yeah. there's going to be some stuff where I'm just like, you know what, that's not perfect. For 2002. For 2002, this is a very this progressive is book. One of the most progressive things I have read this that came out in the year 2002. This was the year that, like, the chicks were getting canceled for saying that they were sad that, like, President Bush was from Texas. And, like, like this not is, canceled this in the way that people that think of it. Like, people think of, like, canceled like oh people said some mean stuff on social media no radio stations actively stopped playing their music they were not invited to the country music awards ever again they only ever showed up because beyonce invited them on stage and they couldn't tell beyonce no this is beyonce like they beyonce. actively like, became pariahs in the country music space because uh country music post 9 11 uh, became this very nationalist, jingoistic. There is a song. That's the area that this whole book takes place in. There's a song uh, where it's like the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. Like it's a oh god, I, I country wish I music about post two thousand one. American culture, I think, from like two thousand two to like two thousand nine suffered a lot um yeah, this book shit. does not no this book is chris claremont fucking did something here chris claremont came out of the woodwork and was just like you know what i don't like all of this goddamn bigotry i see in the united states <laughs> let's have kitty pride try to do something about it and, and chris claremont <laughs> known rejecter of the concept of subtext Decided, while I'm at it, I'm going to give Kitty a girlfriend. Uh, yeah, yes. Like, they don't... At no point it, do you see Kitty and Karma hold hands or kiss. Uh, but no, they, no. Ah! no, they do, they do, they do, they do. But it's never like... It is never stated like, Kitty and Karma are dating now. But it's like, you read it and it's like, there's no way that they're not... They almost, we'll get to this later, they almost kiss in the second to last issue, and there is a moment where both of them are like, 
inches away from each other's face and they look into each other's eyes and like they're joyous and they're happy and things are going great they were just saved from and a big bat it's just and silence and a well and there it's silence but kitty has this internal narration of like the vibe shifts the tone shifted something new is happening <laughs> here that we don't happening. understand and then a fucking sentinel comes and decides it's going to be homophobic and <laughs> they don't <laughs> ooh bolivar trash would put out it's the a, funniest, homophobe. the but like the Trask Corporation's Pride Month, like rainbow capitalism would be hilarious. Oh, it would be oh so funny. God. It would be and like the moment the clock struck midnight on July first, it'd be gone. Speaking the, the, of which, we we have like T minus five hours until all those rainbow logos go back. Oh, oh, it's always funny to watch it in real time. No, I know. It's the only like, ones oh, who I don't why. think are pretending are like soccer teams <laughs> specifically oh my god rain fc the one based out of tacoma which contains megan rapino my queen who i own a rainbow print tank top of that team um the only soccer i give a shit about is women's soccer oh most definitely uh in america it's the only soccer that matters i for some reason as a child that's good <sighs> that's listen I cannot go on a diatribe about the state of MLS. It's not going to go well. We can't do it. We can't do it. <laughs> this will be. This podcast will go forever. I have to be at work at seven a.m. <laughs> we we're not going to do that. We're not. <laughs> we're going to move on to Kitty Pride going to college and discovering she's bisexual. I, d- discovering. All right. Okay. Have you, you, I've read Excalibur. She is not <laughs> discovering you know that in college. <laughs> You're correct. Because she's definitely dating Rachel during Excalibur. You're correct. She also absolutely wants to make out with Courtney Ross, even though Courtney Ross is a shit ton older than her. Courtney Ross is like Um, 35 and Kitty is 16. And Kitty is looking at her. She's 15. That is her 15th birthday. It's her 15th birthday. Yeah, that was her 16th. She licks frosting off of Courtney Ross's fingers in the horniest (laughs) fucking <laughs> was that was that Alan Davis writing it that was. by that point? It, it, no, <laughs> not writing. Not writing. Was that Claremont still writing that? It was. <laughs> it was because there was a miscommunication between where uh, Alan Davis thought that the plot was that Courtney Ross was supposed to be seducing Kitty Pride, and so he drew that and. <laughs> <laughs> and then they it. Alan Davis just went rogue. <laughs> Alan, Alan Davis, Davis took liberties. Alan Davis read the script and was like, I understand the vibe here. Well, because the point of that story is that Courtney Ross is supposed to be, like, convincing Kitty to see her as more of an ally because they think Excalibur's dead because they had the cross-time caper, whatever. So he was just like, oh, Courtney's trying to you pull out all the stops to, like, convince Kitty that, like, she's a person that she should be trusting. And um, it is truly... Listener, Google. Just Google <laughs> Kitty Pride. Courtney, Courtney Ross, Ross, yeah, and witness how horny it is. And Courtney Ross is the Courtney Ross that isn't Saturnine, right? Or does she? Oh, she's been replaced by then by Saturnine. She's Saturnine oh, by that point. She, yeah, yes. yeah, she, yeah. She's going by Courtney Ross. I think everyone forgot in that story that she wasn't actually. That she's Courtney. not actually Courtney Ross. Yeah, she had already been murdered. Don't don't worry about that. That is not important. Uh, nothing about Excalibur will be mentioned in this series. I disagree. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing is mentioned in the text. Yeah. Nope, Claremont's like, forget that text. happened. 
Um, but yeah. Except for the fact that uh, I should mention before the start of this series, the two most recent people uh, that Kitty has air quotes on canonically, canonically dated, like the Pete last Wisdom. two of them are dead. Yeah, it's Pete Wisdom and Wisdom, Colossus. Pete Wisdom and Colossus. What is with, uh, this is something I thought about, why are like all of Kitty's male love interests dudes named Peter? Oh my god, Star-Lord! And in Ultimate... She was engaged to Star-Lord! And in Ultimate, she's in a relationship with Peter Parker. Okay, that tracks, but like... <laughs> well, yeah, because it's Bendis. Because Bendis loves okay. Kitty Pryde. Listen, so her type is all women... And dudes and named Peter. Named Peter. Because <laughs> it's... Sexual queen. Peter Rasputin, Pete Wisdom. Pete Wisdom. In one timeline, Peter Parker. And, and fucking Peter Quill. And Peter Quill, yeah. Jesus Christ. I... Are there any more Peters that we need to, like, protect her from? I can't think of any more. You're <laughs> Please hold. I'm just going to do a Marvel. Um, while he's looking that up, I should also mention, truly, before this, this is a wild pull for it being Kitty and Karma. Also, I'm going to keep calling her Kitty. I know she goes by Kate now. but She's like, Kitty, Kitty in the story. Book. Yeah. Like, she... The wild pull to bring in Kitty and Karma because... Up until now, these two have never been on a team together, with the exception of half of one issue, which is the Professor Xavier is a jerk issue. Right. Um, which is incredible because uh, the X-Men come back from the Brood Saga, and the New Mutants exist at this point. And so the uh, as because there are classmates her own age, Professor Xavier is like, oh my god, Kitty, finally, go be a new mutant. Go, like, hang out with teenagers. And she's just like, fucking excuse me? I refuse to hang out with this. She calls them the X-Babies. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Mojiverse X-Babies. Um, she's literally like, and that's the iconic panel of, Professor Xavier, you're a jerk! <laughs> and yeah. she storms off and, like, petitions him and is basically like, how dare you demote me? And then he puts her back on the X-Men. And the new mutants keep being the new mutants. So she literally never serves on a team with Karma ever before this book. Yeah. They're just living in the same school at the same time, but they don't interact. You don't and see them talk. Also, I would like to add, Karma should be a couple years older than Kitty. Like, I Karma's in grade school. Yes, Karma's okay, in that's school. true, yeah. I was like, because Karma is older than the new mutants like she's older than danny and sam who are the oldest is getting her master's degree yeah and kitty's 19 so kitty's as old at that moment as colossus was when she started in colossus <sighs> not listen Ooh, we can't, <laughs> not great we can't, not we can't, great <laughs> different era boom again. boom like, yeah, that was the that was the 80s. Like, I know that it's reductive to say things. It's like, oh, you know, it was a different time. It was literally a different time. Yeah, that was literally yeah. <laughs> like it was it was yeah. just a different time. And so I'm, like I can't dunk on that in the same way that I dunked on Rain. Right. Because like also, people think about these teacher. things. Right. Yes. Also, Rain was a teacher. <laughs> right. Kitty and Peter are peers ostensibly. Um, yeah, and they always in the in the Claremont run, he's always bringing up that Colossus is the youngest X Man. Mm-hmm. Oh he's yeah, he's he's only nineteen. Else. He's he's small baby. 
who like follows he, Storm around like a duckling. He he loves Storm so much. He loves Storm so much. It's like his he's younger than everybody else in the team, and everybody else is supposed to be like ostensibly. Well, Logan is however old Logan is, but like Storm and Cyclops, uh, I say are like nebulously twenty five. Yeah, they're and, like college-ish, late college-ish, but right. we have at least we to try to bring us yeah. back again. Yeah, yeah, I checked the time. We're only at like 11 minutes. We're good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Kitty, Kitty Pride and Karma were both at the Xavier Mansion at the same time, but were never teammates. I think to this day, they've never, outside of this, they're never teammates. Yeah. Also, they have the same exact age gap as Kitty and Colossus because Karma was also 19 at yes. the time. So Karma's like started, 24. So Kitty, yeah, Kitty was 14 uh, to 19, so yeah. math, yeah. Uh, which makes sense for Karma being a grad student. She's getting a degree in library sciences, which I deeply appreciate that she just like really wants to be a librarian. I, I respect that. Um, Kitty is in college for, I believe... At one point, she says something about a master's degree. It's, I think that is a mistake. I think I think they're I think forging documents at the Xavier School. Maybe she is getting a master's degree in like particle quantum astrophysics. Yeah, but she's doing nebulous <laughs> physics stuff. Um, her her qualification to skip her bachelor's is that she's been to space. She mentions it so many times in this comic, too. She's just like, I've been to space, but, like, you know what? I just want to try to live a normal life. She's like, I've been to other dimensions. I've been to space. And I've thankfully, been to the this future. is. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately. Um... I've been to the past. <laughs> Remember X Men True Friends? <laughs> Where Kitty and Rachel go back in time to kill Hitler and are told by destiny that they can't do that? And then Kitty Pride falls in love with Moira McTaggart's grandfather. <laughs> that was also Claremont. What was? What is with him? Any Claremont. weird Kitty Pride story pre like two thousand five? Well, it's he just loves Chris her. Well, yeah, yeah well, she's his baby. He made her because he didn't create any of the original like uh, giant size X Men characters. Right. He jumped in an issue later. So. Kitty was the first one that he introduced that stuck around on the team that was his. Like, he made Kitty Pride. He's, like, the and... only person who wrote Kitty from, like, 1980 up until Alan Davis took over on Excalibur, basically. Yeah, there were, like, fill-in writers mm -hmm. around. But, like, yeah, that was the that was the vast majority of the time. And, um, like, he just, he just cares about Kitty Pride and making sure that Kitty Pride is always in a book with... A strong woman that she can either look up to, like Storm, or that uh, she can look up to, like or Courtney that she Ross. Can... <laughs> yes, or that she can uh, become the bestest friend ever with. See Rasputin, Ileana, uh, Summers, Rachel, Koi Man, Xian. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! It. It's in it's incredible. It's, it's incredible, but <laughs> thankfully, Sean, hopefully, Sean is over at this point in modern comics. Hopefully, she's over Kitty. Oh, yeah, because she she's has, back head over heels in love with Danny. Yeah, she, again, she has so. Danny to obsess over, which is which is great. Um, they can have they have homoerotic knife fights. 
They do. Well, no, <laughs> the knife fight. The was, knife fight was with Storm and Callisto. Yeah, with true. Storm and Callisto, they had a homoerotic fight with a sword and like astral projected bows and arrows. It was good. <laughs> it was. It was incredible. Not as gay as this comic, though. Oh, this it is gayer gay. than like the Pride specials. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it fucking is. It. <laughs> this book is Kitty Pride starts a polycule. This, I literally <laughs> heard on the previous episode that you were recording, I was listening to it, and I was in my kitchen, I was like cleaning or cooking, I was doing something, and I got to the part where you were literally like, oh, like the next one I want to do is mechanics, and I was just like, oh shit, that's gonna be great, and then you were just like, and Jesse should be on that episode, I said out loud, fuck yes. <laughs> I was like, yes, I will. Because I've never read this. I should also mention, this is the first time I've ever read this. I read I this knew it was last gonna be gay. Like, whenever I heard the Cerebro episode on Karma, I was like... Which was Pride last year. Yes, so, but I think I listened to it Cerebro few, was... I think I listened to it in, like, September. And so I was yeah. like, oh, I should read that. Because <laughs> I don't, like, early 2000s... X-Men stuff is such a, like, blind spot for me. And yep. because I was already reading the Claremont stuff, I'm like, well, I'll just get to that when I get to it. But yep. then it was like, oh, this is during the extreme period. It's when Claremont comes back, and it's only six issues. I was like, oh, shit, I can knock that out in an afternoon. Why yep. not? Um, so I knew it was going to be gay when I walked into it because I knew the plot because, like, it had been explained to me. Well, let me rephrase. I knew a couple of the broad strokes. I didn't know the specifics of the plot i was floored i literally got like halfway into the first issue took a screenshot of a panel sent it to marcus and was like oh no <laughs> you you sent it to me with i'm counting one two three four five eight, 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 six seven eye emojis <laughs> they're like looking to the side i was literally just like excuse me <laughs> And it's just like Kitty's arms. And no, that's a different one. Oh yeah, yeah. It's in multiples, but no, there is also one which is literally just buff Kitty Pride. Uh, we'll get to it. Um, we'll, we'll so yeah, let's it. let's jump in because we're we're doing the thing. We're doing we're the under, thing. We're under twenty minutes, so we are, quick quick relevant backstory to what happens right yes. before this comic starts because I feel like this is an important timeline I mean, right. this is 2002 the morrison run is happening so genosha just happened right claremont uh, has just come back to write extreme x-men uh which was like running parallel to the morrison stuff uh, uh which is why this book is called if you look it up on marvel unlimited it's called extreme x-men colon mechanics instead of just yeah. mechanics um yeah it's it's a mini series um there's only six issues. It's of literally it. uh, the hey, what's Kitty doing during Extreme X Men? That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like hey, everything else is going on. Kitty went to college. Uh, yeah. So the other thing that just happened is the Legacy Virus has been defeated by Colossus sacrificing his life. Yep. So he sacrificed his life. Uh, the first victim of the Legacy Virus was Ilyana Rasputin. The last victim of the Legacy Virus was Peter Rasputin both dead so both her, people that kitty was incredibly close with incredibly close with um so they're gone 
Rachel Summers, who does not get mentioned in this book, sadly, <laughs> lost in the time stream. She's in the future. She's Mother Ascani at this right. point. She's, she's off fucking being, gone. being her brother's mom. <laughs> and making, creating strife. And uh, creating strife. Whoops. <laughs> Great job. Whoop, whoopsie doodle. I love that they're bringing Ascani back in Knights of X. Is they're that going to her... be her new codename? probably probably it seems like it's building to something like townspeople in other world keep yelling like Ascani Ascani and she's like how do you know that name and they're just like there's a prophecy about it we heard a story about it a lady raids in fire will come save us and her name's Ascani and that's you and she's like hmm yeah okay because prestige is a terrible code name and that's why they don't call her anymore they just literally no one has called her that they just call her rachel now because prestige was a terrible code name for rachel it's a better code name for gene yeah terrible terrible code name anyway she's going by scani so she's in the future being a scani so um also another thing that's happened to kitty recently her father was on genosha why is never explained um, he was, I don't, there it's, was a reason. It was not in this comic. It was not explained in this comic. Her dad is just in Genosha. Like, yeah, her dad, her dad was in Genosha, even though he's like a full-on human. Anyway, Her, her he's, dad is just a dude. Not only is he dead, she has the security footage. That's not listed in this miniseries, yeah, but that it's happens, in the trade that I bought. It happens in, like, uh, in... X-Men Ultimate. Unlimited number 36. Yes, X-Men Unlimited, which is not like in Ultimate Reddit, X-Men 36. That is a which much I different said. book. It's a very different book. Um or different from Uncanny. They like the U adjectives. So that's that's where Kitty's mindset is. Is that ever oh, and Pete Wisdom's dead. Um whatever. And so the mindset that she's got is that like everyone she's ever Gary loved. has entered the chat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gary. I I I don't like him. <laughs> I I can't jive with an adult man dating a teenager. I just can't. How, Katie's supposed to be like 18 there, right? It still feels weird. Who wrote I that? Read, I haven't read that story. I need who, to be fully. Who was writing? Was that was that Warren Ellis writing I think Excalibur? It might, I think it was. Hmm. I think it was. That explains huh. a lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it explains some things. But anyway, so Kitty Pride currently is 19. She's going to college at the University of Chicago because she grew up in Chicago. And so apparently she's always wanted to go to the University of Chicago. She's there in their, like, super crazy astrophysics department. And everyone she has ever loved has recently died. <laughs> Extremely recently. Within, like, the last year. It's... They mentioned, like, Genosha like, was, like, four months ago. It... Very recent, like she lost fucking everything, and, and also a large number of her life. people died in a horrible genocide. So sixteen million mutants. It's such a large number of mutants. It's know? it is an incorrectly large number of mutants. If I could opinion, ask but... Grant Morrison three things, two of them would be about why they decided. <laughs> it would be, hey Grant, why did you decide that it would be sixteen million mutants? No, and then the second one would be, no, seriously, why did you decide that it would be 16 million? That's so many people! The other person she thinks is dead is Magneto, who she is also close with, based on them bonding over being Jewish. Yeah. Um, and also him being the headmaster of the school while she was there. Um, he's also presumed dead at the moment. They mentioned that at some point. So 
Katie is having a bad time, and she decides, you know what? Fuck it. I want to go to college. And not only does she want to go to college, she wants to try to have a normal life. And she really doesn't want to live in a dorm because she lived in the Xavier Mansion for five years. And she's like, fuck that. Fuck dorms. No more. So she gets her own apartment. She gets adopted by this gay man who runs a bar. <laughs> oh, the end. Dylan. Dylan Dylan's rules. <laughs> Dylan is fucking gay. Oh, almost definitely. Because later when uh, when the guy takes his, his sweatshirt yeah, off, Dylan's looking at his... <laughs> oh, yeah. Dylan, Dylan sees this, like, sad, lost lesbian who can barely pay her... Well, by woman. Who can barely pay her rent. And just... Like, this depressed girl who's setting up these crazy computers because she's trying to, like, search through Genosha's security camera footage to find footage of her father. She does. Um, he sees her, and he's just like, mm, you seem you like you need a purpose in life. Um, I'm also your landlord. I own the building, and I own the bar downstairs. Do you want to work as a bartender? Do you want to work in my bar, 19-year-old girl? Do you want to be a bartender, 19-year-old girl? bartender who wears... Skin tight black leather clothing. She's wearing almost exactly Sage's outfit from Extreme X Men. It is. <laughs> I turned a page and her hair is very slicked back when she wears the bartender outfit. I thought they were introducing a new character. I did she not has like realize. a fake tattoo. She has a tattoo. It's fake. Um, it's fake? Yes, she doesn't have it in other scenes. Oh, I always assume that, like, artists just don't want no, to draw tattoos. It's only when she's in the bar. She has a fake tattoo of Lockheed with a sword. That's the gayest fucking shit I've ever heard. <laughs> she knows who carries fucking swords. It's Ilyana Rasputin, love of her fucking life. Anyway. <laughs> That's where uh, Kitty's at mentally when this starts. I would like to add the, uh, the population of the state of Illinois is 12 million people. <laughs> More people were on the island nation of Genosha than were than currently today reside in the state of Illinois. <laughs> and all of them were mutants. And all of them were mutants and also Kitty's dad. It's 16 million and one, because the one is Kitty's dad. Oh, by the way, they mentioned that in this is, uh, was like a corrupt banker who, like, his bank went under and apparently a bunch of people lost their mortgages. They'll bring that up later. But, like, her dad was not, like, a good dude, but she's going through, like, some serious I just lost my father trauma. The state so of Nevada we... has 3.1 million people in it. Well, because most of the state of Nevada is inhospitable. <laughs> but five times the current, after a mass exodus from California, where people have moved, more people have moved to, like the population of Nevada has gone up every year because people keep moving here from California, like me. Uh, there were five times that many people on Genosha. The island nation of Genosha. <laughs> Genosha is an island! <laughs> And then once upon it's a time, it's not very time, big. And then once upon a time, for the greatest miniseries of all time, Wanda turned them all into zombies. And <laughs> then, and then Celine also turned them into zombies. It was a different time that happened. <laughs> Wanda did it second. Anyway, Genosha is smaller than Madagascar. 
Genosha is so small. Genosha How are there Genosha. that many people there? Genosha makes no fucking sense. However, if you do read New X-Men, the E is for Extinction uh, arc, which is the opening arc, which is the Genosha thing. It is three issues. It is Cassandra Nova basically doing a 9-11. Key important thing, that issue came out in August of 2001. It might have been July. Uh, <laughs> it was the summer. Grant Morrison had, like just had like a sense. Grant Morrison had a prophetic dream and put it in a comic. And not gonna lie, it's fucking horrifying. If it's... you read the actual like Ease for Extinction story, they do a good job of just like the true, unbelievable, unending horror of like the extinction of a modern city through giant. Sentinels made out of spare parts, which is also important. All of this backstory will be relevant, I promise. Do we want to get into it? Yes, let's do it. You covered a lot of what is issue one. Like the first few issues, or the first few pages are Kitty's in college. She hates being in the dorm. Uh, one thing that is um, that comes up is that in X-Men Unlimited number 36, Kitty punches a white supremacist in the she face. She punches a Nazi in the she face. It's incredible. She the shit out of this guy. She <laughs> fights six of his friends and wins. <laughs> Kitty rules. Um, Kitty fucking whips. I love this girl. But she has, as a result of this fight that she got into, this brawl, Kitty is now on academic probation for the next year. And also has to go to a mandated uh, therapy session. I have a question. How often do you think these therapy sessions are happening? I feel like they're What was your gut check? I think they're like every day. I feel like the story takes place over the course of like three weeks, if that. Yeah, I, I got the vibe. Because there are frequently times where she's like, in a situation, she's like, I have a doctor's appointment I have to go to. And then she'll, it'll show that therapy session. And then the next therapy session, she's like, yeah, the thing that happened yesterday was traumatic. And I'm like, girl, are you going to therapy every single every day? day? Her therapist is exhausted. Who is paying for that? <laughs> is the school? Is she on? I mean, the school is making her go, so I would hope so. God, I fucking hope so. That's an expense. This therapist is a nice office. You think Charles is letting her stay on on the... No, think... because she has to work at the bar to afford the rent. She's on a full-ride scholarship. It pays for every single thing related to tuition. However, food and her rent, because she chose to live off campus, just pay for herself, which is why she works as a bartender at the ripe old age of 19. Do you think... There's no way the X-Men have, like, health insurance, right? Like, <laughs> who would want to insure that? <laughs> like, there's and like there's a lot of characters who don't have. Beast who walks into a hospital and is like, "I would like some health insurance." And they're like, "I believe you have a pre pre existing condition." condition. It's called called being a mutant. Um, well, I mean, like that's blue. what Cecilia is there for. Is that she's like the doctor? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think these people have health insurance. Like, but then again, like Spider-Man doesn't have health insurance bitch. because, like, he's poor. <laughs> yeah. These guys don't have health insurance because it's never come up. We've got somebody here who can heal me. Yeah. Like Scott Summers has a primary fucking care <laughs> provider. No. No. He walks down. He says, <laughs> he says, hey, Foley. He's literally like, hey, this bone's sticking out of my arm. I need you to fix it. Josh, I need, need you to... to... 
we do know that Emma Frost has a plastic surgeon. Yes. We know that she, she paid a lot of good money for that nose. She paid it. That also comes up in the you got to read New X-Men. New X-Men's fucking great. There's literally a moment where someone breaks her nose and she's pissed. She's like, "I paid good fucking money for that nose, you bitch." <laughs> Cuz like when Emma comes out of like we've not I don't think we've seen Emma die on Krakoa and if we have, I don't remember it. But, like, it's definitely, like, in her file, right? Like, bring oh God, me back with this files. nose. Or she I'll... probably gave the specific doctor files that, like, her plastic <laughs> su- like, got the records from her plastic surgeon. It's just, like, took, like, 360 photos of her face and it's like, this. I need I need exactly that. this. Make the boobs a little bit bigger. Do not do this. fuck this up. Foley. <laughs> Foley. McTaggart, if you fuck this up. I, I swear to God. I swear to God. I will rend your mind. Do not fuck this up. So, yeah, there's no fucking way that Kitty has health insurance. Also, I should mention this is a shitty apartment. Oh, it's a terrible apartment. She has this incredible opening scene. Oh, the other opening scene is the, like, title page is... um, I like to believe that what this title page looks like is exactly is what, what the website, website looks yes. like. Because holy shit, what in the early 2000s is this bullshit? This there's, is, there's they a made this in GeoCities. There's a group on campus. It is so GeoCities. There's a campus hate <laughs> they group They made this in Angel Fire. Yes. And Purity made this website that contains the photos and names of all the people in this one specific physics class that Kitty Pride is in. And they're like, there's a mutant among them. We should smoke them out. Hate, bull, bad, like horrible bullshit hate. And it's got like a rainbow, not rainbow. <laughs> it's got an American flag. <laughs> God, it's Pride Month. It's not. It's not time for Independence Day yet. It's it's still Pride Month, so it's not rainbow. It's got the red, white, and blue. That's the words. The red, stars white, and blue and with like stars, and it, and it's like everybody's anyway. So this goes up on the internet, and Kitty's like, well, fuck. Oh, this is the same hate group that she punched yes. a lot of people. Like, like seven of the people. And when we say these guys are Nazis, I mean literally. This dude comes so close to like actually quoting the fourteen words. Like, yeah, he's their their group is called Purity. Um, in a wild twist of events, not all of them are white men. Um, <laughs> There's a black yes. woman prominently in this group. She's like in charge. It's very strange. Um. What happened in her life? I'm so curious. That's, that's Candace Owens. Oh, jeez. So, it's mostly white men, and they they hate mutants. And think of the most... Think of the alt-right. This is... Claremont had a prophetic vision. That's why I'm saying I'm amazed this came out in 2002, because this is, like, dealing with the fact that, like, online hate speech matters, and has repercussions right. and has consequences and like leads to real world hate crimes and violence and like domestic terrorism and people can get radicalized online. Like they cover that in this comic that came out in December of 2002. Google didn't, no, sorry. Google existed. YouTube didn't exist. YouTube did not exist. Uh, YouTube so didn't exist. Amazon was selling books. Google was just a search engine. 
Pretty sure Gmail didn't exist at the time. The Teen Titans TV show hadn't started airing yet. Yeah, like we would have been in like the third grade. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the I was in the second grade in two thousand and two. That's right. It's very you're... easy to remember with the numbers. Yeah. Wait, you were starting. Going into second grade in two thousand two. Okay. I keep forgetting you're a year younger than me. Yep. I always think we're the same age. But yeah, it um, it. What a what a time for this comic to happen so all these people have been put on blast by this hate group and we had this amazing intro scene of kitty walking into her apartment after a shift at the bar going to take a shower and she just phases through the door to her bathroom <laughs> but she leaves her clothes behind she like sticks her hands up behind her and the clothes just fall on the floor and honestly my first thought was you know what if i had superpowers <laughs> i would do shit like that all the time uh, so Every she, day, she gets home from a shift at the bar and immediately has to go to her fucking therapist. Well, I think it's the next morning. It's it's nebulous on how much how much time she got there. Uh, but yeah, she goes to her therapist and we get like two pages of silence. Yeah, just also, why is she wearing glasses? <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking at like she looks like a different person here. What's with these? She looks like Barbara Gordon. Yes. She looks like Barbara Gordon wearing Mary Jane Watson's clothes. Yeah. This is a very Mary Jane outfit. It is actually really cool two pages with all these like repeated panels and the clock. It's also yeah. her therapy sessions are at nine in the morning. Go to hell. <laughs> nine AM. They are an hour long. She sits in silence for the entire hour and you see like the clock turning, like and time passing. And eventually she makes eye contact with these, like, photos that the therapist has on the wall. One of them is a photo of the therapist serving in Vietnam. This resonates with Kitty as she gets up to go to leave at 10. Uh, like, therapist's like, you know, we all have choices, Catherine, and we all have to live with the consequences. And she stops and looks at that photo from Vietnam and goes, my dad was in Vietnam. He, he enlisted, lied about his age, joined the Marines. I would like to ask a question. Why? Bingoism. <laughs> he heard Fortunate Son and said, yeah, let me get a piece of that. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, he didn't have, he didn't have a friend who had got drafted and came back and went, don't do it. Maybe it was early. Maybe. Cause like, maybe, maybe it was like first two years. Maybe it was before they had journalists who like could tell you what the fuck was going on. Maybe right. the, he was still, who knows? Maybe like his uncle served in World War II or his dad. Oh, was, he definitely uh, would have. Like if and, Kitty's like, dad was, be like them. If, if Kitty's dad was a teenager in 1967, he for sure, would, his dad would have served in World War II. Or his uncle yeah. or his grand like his grandpa was still in World War One or something like that. Yeah. Like he's definitely of that age. It's like how Charles Xavier served in Korea. Still fucking wild. Yeah. Um, but like piece of Marcus lore. I so when I was in high school, all the high schools in my district had a recruiter for a different branch of the military at the schools. I Oh no. So my school oh, no. had a marine recruiter. 
named Sergeant Fernandez. And one day, Sergeant Fernandez has me pulled out of class. Long story short, I start thinking, well, I'm not going to be doing shit but hanging out after high school. I'm going to go to community college, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and I start thinking about it pretty seriously. And then one day, uh, I'm at my friend's house, and his older sister is dating a guy who's in the Marines. This guy, Kyle. Uh, and I, I mentioned to Kyle, I'm like, hey, I've been talking with this recruiter. And Kyle looks at me. <laughs> he turns his head, looks at me, and says, don't. And I said, okay. That was all I needed. That was all I needed was somebody who had. <laughs> Saved your fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> somebody who was doing it right then to say, you, no. <laughs> hey, kid, get out. Run. <laughs> no, do not do it. I said, you got it, pal. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. I would like to thank Kyle. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. Oh. No, I went to an all-girls high school. We had no. We had no military recruiters. Uh, I have. I have, in fact, never spoken to a military recruiter. Outside of when they tried to recruit my students at a robotics competition in Oregon this year, the fucking Air Force with thirty feet from our robotic oh, pit. Oh, the they Air were allowed, Force. Because I they were taking the... inside the pits. They were. They, there was always recruiters, but they're always at the front door. They've never been in the pits before. They were 30 feet from my kids, and they were giving away swag. Mm -hmm. And, like, one of my students who, like, Nalu, if you're ever listening to me, listening to this here, God bless you, Nalu. Nalu was literally just like, fuck that shit. I refuse to talk to them. Every single other student wanted a free hat. Every other People like, like a, free shit. They gave away beer koozies. Put your soda in this, pal. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Uh, I can't yeah, do that anymore. I almost joined the Air Force. That's the... Despite it was the fact it was a Marine recruiter, I tested high enough that they were like, hey, uh, you were in the Air Force? And no. Because <laughs> so, guess what? I hate waking up at 7 o'clock now. I definitely would have hated waking up at Christ. whatever fucking time they would have me waking up then. Jesus Christ, like four in the morning probably. I don't even While know. While some old white man yells at me, I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm good, pal. Anyway. Oh. Anyway, so the, Kitty's the upset asked, this photo with the Marines. Yeah. And the therapist asks Kitty, or the, she leaves. Kitty leaves and the therapist goes, where was your war, Kitty? And the answer is a lot of places. Space. Space. <laughs> the brood saga was traumatic. Space, various places in New York, some tunnels, uh, <laughs> limbo, the Savage Land, <laughs> the United Kingdom. I'll say the UK broadly. <laughs> She's in the UK for so long. Oh my God, she was in Excalibur for a while. The Cross Time Caper. She was. Now she's crying on the L. <laughs> Just crying. Glasses on her head. Why she has glasses? Why, no fucking Katie's clue. never worn glasses before. This is like a, such a weird Claremont touch. They're also semicircles. She looks like Sage. Yes. This whole thing is like he really wanted to do this story with Sage. <laughs> well, Sage had a different story. So she's like thinking about... She's thinking about her dad. Because she was reminded about her dad. And she is having conflicted feelings because like... She misses him, and she still wants to believe that, like, he was a hero and uh, everything. But, but all but she can remember is the footage of Genosha. 
Yeah, and her dad dying horribly at the hands of Sentinels, which, hey. Which she has the security camera footage of. Yeah, I mean, that would... Literally him, literally dying. Looking at the camera and saying, I love you, Kitty. I'm proud of you. She has that. She's watched it. Holy shit. (laughs) So, yeah, that's where her war was. Like... (laughs) A lot of places, lady. Um... So yeah, Kitty explains the whole bar thing. She is dressed like a Mortal Kombat character for this job. It's insane. Why does she have this fucking like weird skirt thing that goes in the Yes, I was thinking about, I'm staring at it right now going, what the it's fuck the is truck this? On loincloth. I was thinking, I was like, why is she wearing a loincloth? Also, uh the bar is called Bells of Hell. Which great name for a bar. Incredible. Um it's like the diviest of dive bars, like they have like they serve a lot of beer and they have a pool table and like you, the one the one thing she does mention that like a lot of times like both firefighters and cops show up and she specifically at one point talks about how they're her favorite customers and I was like oh kitty listen sweetie if you had just said firefighters kitty is listen she's like from the, the north Chicago side of Chicago of course She's from the the suburbs on the north side of Chicago, and her dad was a shady banker. Of course she likes them. She roots for the Cubs! Of course she likes the cops! She literally later tells... She claims to be a a minority in Chicago by being a Cubs fan. She's not... Okay, hold on. All right. Here's your brief... She uses it as a minority status! Here is your brief Marcus talks about Chicago sports thing. The Cubs, despite being losers for a hundred years, have always been treated like... Think of this way. When the the Cubs won the World Series in 2016... They beat the Indians. I was so fucking mad. (laughs) (laughs) I should mention that. We went to the World Series. (laughs) I didn't know this. <laughs> oh, oh, listen, listen, it is amazing that you and I are friends because as a Chicago White Sox fan, you and I should be like mortal enemies, naturally. So I can't wait. I can't. Uh, I care way more about basketball. Um, but that year, we beat the Warriors in basketball and then the World Series came around and we got our asses kicked by the Cubs, by the Cubs. and then Smoke. the Cleveland Browns and then the Cleveland Browns almost had a totally zero season and they won one game and we were all actually kind of sad that they won a game because we kind of wanted to have a loser's party. Yeah, you got packed and smoked by the Cubs. <laughs> um, and the thing is, when the Cubs won that World Series, it was treated like Oh my god, a title, a World Series championship, finally back in Chicago, after a hundred years. What happened 11 years before that? I don't know. The Chicago White Sox won the World Series! (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I don't know the the interpolitics. Like, just pretend that didn't happen! So I don't want to hear it, Miss Pride, about how hard it is being a goddamn Cubs fan. Because y'all ran poor Steve Bartman out of Chicago, and all he did was try to catch a fly ball. (laughs) 
Kitty would be a Cubs fan. Of though, course given she's a that... Cubs fan! <laughs> she's a mutant. She's got to be a fucking underdog. <laughs> They're not underdogs! <laughs> they just stink! <laughs> Being losers doesn't make you underdogs. It just makes you a loser. <laughs> and I know I'm saying this while the Chicago White Sox are currently 33 and 37. That's not the point. We didn't stink for so long and blame it on a goddamn billy goat. That's my point. I'm fucking crying. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway, Kitty, Kitty sees that this takes place in Chicago because it is so fucking rare that anything happens in the Midwest. And while I didn't grow up in Chicago, I have cousins in Chicago and I grew up in Cleveland. And so, like, I feel like this is Midwestern representation. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That I feel like is dearly needed in superhero comics. No one ever fucking protects Chicago. No, no, I'm trying to think of, like... the third largest city in the country, and, like, fucking no superheroes give a shit about it. Nope. Uh, I think Dakota in, um, like, Milestone Comics is, like, nebulously supposed to be Chicago. Uh, But they didn't want to commit hard to it. The thing is, too, is that, like, DC does not like sending their comics in, like, yeah, real yeah. places. Uh, Except mo- for the time that Seattle became Star City, which I do appreciate. Yes. Uh, which wait, is funny. Is, is it Star City or is it... No, it's it's Star. Yeah, Seattle became Star City in Rebirth. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, be- they, like, the... Oh, yeah, all the Green Arrow stuff happens. I haven't read the run yet. I really want to. But it also, like, happens in Seattle. And apparently the plot is that, like, somehow the city goes bankrupt and they get bought out by somebody else who renames the city. Star City. (laughs) That's because for a while they couldn't decide if he was based in Star City or in Seattle. So they just decided (laughs) it would be the same place now. Which, all right. That's like them just deciding Gotham is in New Jersey. Because, yeah. Because New Jersey has evil vibes. Yeah. And also, this way, we can have characters hang out in New York, and it's not weird. So, Kitty's hanging out, or Kitty's doing a shift at this bar. And this is where I become fully feral, because I haven't been fully feral yet, but I will be very soon. She's doing the shift at this bar, has this, like, action shot of her flipping a bottle while, like, shaking a shaker in the other hand with this fucking Mortal Kombat outfit. (laughs) And she turns around. A woman walks up, says, may I have a seltzer, please, with a twist of lime. Kitty turns around and says, my own drink of choice. Coming right up. The woman says, thanks, Kitty. And Kitty says, my pleasure, Sean. And then she pauses. And then they both <laughs> realize that it's each other. Well, People... Sean's here on purpose. Yeah. They both leap across the bar. Neither of their feet are on the ground. People are... are turning and looking. They are fully embracing this one dude with a cigarette looks like Hideo Kojima He's, they are fully embracing each other so joyous spiky speech bubbles where Kitty realizes Sean they look so happy also when I said Mortal Kombat outfit I mean like full on early 2000s belly shirt oh she looks like this is a, Spears level of this is a character from Deception for sure like she is oh, going then, to fight the Deadly Lions and they have this cool speech bubble thing where they're both saying the same things and it's like the bubbles are like oh, yeah it's really cool it's a really cool effect that nobody I don't think I've ever seen used I've never seen this before I thought it's I thought it was awesome and they're both asking each other how they were well also this is the exact quote how are you it's been so long what are you doing here you look incredible also there's a lot of random all caps in this book 
Sometimes it's on people's names. Sometimes it's on things that, like, get emphasis. But then if you say them out loud with the emphasis, it sounds really weird. The weird, in my opinion, the weirdest thing about the lettering in this book is that they use lowercase letters at all. Because the vast majority of comics don't. Oh, this um, was like a Marvel thing in the early 2000s. It was? Oh, Ultimate so Spider-Man does this too, yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Because usually comics use fully all, all caps. caps. For yeah. And the only thing that's different is the letter I gets the hat and the feet on it if it's on its own. But if it's inside a word, like like if it's in the word like climb, it'll just be a stick. But if it's yeah. the letter or the word I, like I'm doing something, then it has the top and the bottom. But no, this has like a weird mix of capital and lowercase letters, but names are all caps. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's, it's odd. Uh, so she, uh, Kitty introduces Chan to, uh, to Dylan, who... Her, la- her landlord slash boss, this man. Dylan is... I'll say, this is, this is early 2000s gay man. This is... This is a homosexual. Soul patch, crop top, ripped. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a homosexual. I can't... Low-rise jeans? That are unbuttoned? At the top button, fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, and so. Oh my goodness. Uh, so they have this incredible conversation that, like, it, I would like to note that um, that uh, I think Karma says that was so sweet, and. Uh, Kitty says, I thought you and Guy, she says, what, a girl can't admire the view? (laughs) This is the reminding you that karma is into girls, which weirdly was not established by Claremont. That's established in a random issue of X-Force. It's when they're in the road trip era and they make it to Burning Man and they find out that karma's there like having a lesbian threesome. She's also cut all her hair? Yeah. There's a pink buzz cut? It's insane. It's 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 fully because Karma just watched Batman Beyond and was like Max fucking rules. Max fucking rules. Max though. does fucking rule. Max kicks ass. <laughs> Max is like the best thing in that show. Um. Oh my god. No. So now they're talking about relationships because they have just clarified that Karma is a lesbian. Um. And. Sean's asking her, like, how about you? Any prospects? And Kitty says, I've sworn off relationships. For now, celibacy suits me just fine. And Karma says... That's all caps. Celibacy. (laughs) And Karma says, and that makes you happy? Yeah. And so this... And Karma explains, like, oh, you know, I work at the the library. I saw your picture there on the Purity website. Um, And then we get... And then... Last year, I tweeted this out. I said, question, were Karma and Kenny dating during mechanics? And then I posted this panel and said, yes. Uh, because they are... <laughs> laying, they're fully laying on their arms on the table. And Karma is Karma. playing with Kitty's hair. It is. And saying, and I will cook for you. <laughs> She's offering to make her a home-cooked meal. She's offering to have her come hang out with her and her younger siblings who she takes care of, Long and Na. And she, she's basically just like, Kitty, come to my house. Hang out with, I mean, they're my siblings, but like, really, they're my kids. Yeah, come and here and I, be, play house with me. Yes, be my wife, Kitty Bright. Be my <laughs> wife for the day, Kitty. 
Uh, as she's playing with her hair. No, it is. It is the gayest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I've seen panels. Like, this month, fucking gay rights said the ex office, which I appreciate. There was an entire issue. second elevator music bit because i and this is care um and it's this is the most romantic shit i've ever seen in my life so tender anyway so kitty says after the like come to my apartment i will cook for you you look like you could use a home-cooked meal kitty says some other time okay i gotta work and then we turn the page and kitty is now at her house (laughs) (laughs) because fucking gay man dylan dylan looked around and saw what was up he literally, he took one look at... Dylan clocked this the second I saw them. <laughs> he, he looked at them and he was just like, Kitty, go oh home. yeah, go ahead. Get, get out of here. Get the fuck out. Leave. He didn't, he said, hey, Kitty, go. Like, I, my assumption is that he looked over at the table right then and said, hey, hey Pride, go home. <laughs> well, actually, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Your shift's over. I'll pay you for the whole day, get, but... Get out. <laughs> get to stepping. So they go, they buy groceries, and then they go up and Kitty's like watching as karma takes care of um the kids her younger siblings she also gives a little bit of karma backstory yeah explains like hey they used to be you know at the at the school basically the stuff we talked about karma was the original leader of the new mutants then she seemingly dies and uh really early yeah yeah in the same same story as fucking team america (laughs) The motocross guys whose superpower is to make a sixth motocross guy. <laughs> the 80s were so weird. Um, Dude, on motocross bikes who combine to have the same mutant power of they just manifest a sixth motocross. The 80s are very dumb. Karma seemingly <laughs> dies in that issue. Uh, and then turns out later she's alive, but then has been like possessed by the Shadow King, and it's a whole thing. Which sucks. Read the Vita Ayala run of New Mutants yes. for more context. On the sh- on <laughs> on uh, what's his fucking name? Farouk. Farouk. What's it? is it? Amal Farouk. Amal Farouk. That's it. yeah. I was trying to remember his first name. Yeah. Amal Farouk, the Shadow the Sha- King. <laughs> we were talking about a villain who Claremont really wanted to be important, but stunk every time. <laughs> the Shadow King. But, without mentioning the Shadow King, actually, I don't think it comes up here at all. They do yeah. talk about the fact that uh, Sean used to be a... Actually, her whole family was refugees from Vietnam. Which... Uh, like, in the boat crisis after the Vietnam War, which, obviously, the sliding time scale, but yeah, they were Yeah, just they were, like, political refugees from Vietnam. Uh, they were attacked by pirates in... This isn't fully explained. Kitty's basically, like, she doesn't really talk about it much, but I'll tell you what happened. Uh, they were attacked by pirates. Her dad was murdered. Her mom was assaulted. Her mom eventually died. It is heavily implied that Sean was assaulted. Is Uncle way too... is, like, a fucked-up general or some shit. Yeah, her uncle's big evil dude, big evil dude. But she protected her siblings by surviving a lot of trauma. 
and her siblings didn't really get the trauma, but then they got kidnapped for like the entirety of the 80s and 90s. Also, she had a twin brother who she absorbed his soul. He is now imprisoned in her mind and will remain there until 2019? <laughs> the reason for the aforementioned homoerotic crucible fight. Correct. <laughs> read the Vita Ayala New Mutants run. <laughs> also, it's read fucking... Zeb Wells' New Mutants so you, you, you find out how Doug came back. A lot of New Mutants books that are good. Uh, um, so they go out to the roof, go. have some brewskis. <laughs> Fucking gay. <laughs> and they're just. Karma reveals that she's not cold because she's wearing her X Men training uniform underneath her sweater because she's concerned about her life and wears body armor all the time. Also, it's dry in the rain and warm in a blizzard. It's <laughs> extremely comfortable. <laughs> it's hysterical. She's literally just like, why? Why didn't you keep your training uniform, Kitty? Yeah, they they have a moment up here. They do. They're asking if they miss the superhero life and whether living a mundane life is what they really want right now or not. And Kitty's convinced that she wants a mundane life. And then she tells Shan that uh, her dad was on Genosha. And... And it, it's, it gets awkward. Uh, it's like, whoa, hey, yeah, awful. Yeah, it's it's but pretty like if brutal. There's one person who can relate. It's probably Karma. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they then we cut away to a gigantic boat ramming a fr- <laughs> ramming a Canadian Coast Guard boat. The Canadian Coast Guard is the most heavily armed Coast Guard I've ever seen in my entire life. Fun fact about the six one six. Canada is in fact the most militarized nation on the planet. I, <laughs> don't, I, you don't fuck with Canada in the 616. Canada militarized superheroes 20 years before the U.S. thought to do it. 30 years. Actually, well, technically Captain America. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but like they have... A- um, so the the Canadian Coast Guard, the fucking heavily armed military Canadian SWAT team Coast Guard as a freighter is sailing across Lake Huron. Yeah, and they get packed and smoked. It's... They get <laughs> obliterated. Like, the boat doesn't even, like, care. And so we don't know what's on the boat. We don't know what they were shooting at. But they, but I we know thought, it's bad. I thought it was the techno-organic virus. It, it, it looks certainly like looks like Warlock. <laughs> it looks like Warlock. Spoiler, it's not Warlock. Or any of the phalanx. Uh, cut away um, to... Sh- uh, to Shola and Kasi, uh, the Genosian refugee living. On- oh, he's not a refugee. He's a um. He's an exchange he's a, student. Yeah, he's he a foreign a- exchange student. He was already yeah. here. That's why he wasn't on Genosha. Yeah, and he was he here for college. A nightmare about Genosha, which is horrifying. Yeah, I don't know if this was a nightmare or a memory. Yeah, it's unclear because it's. Um, like it's not really how I thought his power worked which is why I think it might be a nightmare but it could very well be a memory because well, he's, a, he's, a, he's a telekinetic so it's anytime someone's telekinetic I always assume they're like kind of telepathic yeah and it's interesting because what he does is he's like in the place of this girl uh, Wilhelmina not the same Wilhelmina who is in 
the Marauders run happening right now. Totally yeah. different Wilhelmina. This is a this is a mutant Wilhelmina, not a not not one of the people that Namor is very willing to hit in the face. Not one of the kids. Namor, I've hit children before. Not I one will, of Namor. I will hit a kid, Mackenzie. Yeah, not that Namor, or not that not that Wilhelmina. Anyway, it's an interesting shot because he's like, it looks like he's standing there, but there's a. They're in like a dance class or something. So there's a giant mirror behind them. And you could see that it's this girl. And she gets bodied by a sentinel and ripped in half. You can see through her midsection. And I think he was like in her head. Yes. When that happened. And I think this is a memory. And he wakes up in a cold sweat. And he's basically like, I can't go to sleep. I can never fall asleep again. The also, he was going to get deported back to Genosha. Yeah, he's being deported, but they they can't send him back because no one no one's alive. Right. But his case is pending <laughs> like, uh, because they believe the Genosha was like a terrorist nation, and yep. at the time the United because States Magneto. really really because Magneto was in charge. But also at the time the United States was really big on like really wanting to deport people who they thought were coming from nations that were accused of a terrorism. Yeah, I wonder why that would be. Yeah, what I was, wondered. Uh... I wondered when I was reading this if 9-11 had happened in this universe, and it definitely did. It definitely did. Kitty mentions it. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, remember that panel of Doctor Doom crying like he didn't try to blow up New York like a month before that? Yes, but I thought that was just like a thing. I didn't know if that was canon. No, oh, that's that's canon. <laughs> oh, boy, because I've read that. It's Doctor Doctor Doom crying like he didn't turn New York into a sinkhole once is... Magneto crying <laughs> like he didn't tr spend the entirety of the 60s trying to drop a meteor. Yeah, you know, Magneto in the 60s, he was going through it. He, he was trying to he steal nukes in the 60s. Well, at the time, mutants were made by radioactivity, so <laughs> the argument could be he wanted to make more mutants. Like That's, that's Krakoa's first law. It wasn't genetic at the time. It was radiation. So, like... Boom, boom, different era. Anyway, so um, our boy, gosh, Shola rules. I fucking love Shola. He's so I've cool. I've never seen him in anything else. He's in what? this, and then he's in that story where Pietro is trying to repower people using the Terrigen crystals. No, no, does he die in that? No, he survives. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but, but he's kind of close. I was about to be like, oh no, did he explode because fucking Quicksilver was being a dick? Nope, no, he's alive okay. and just has no powers. Hit the crucible. You Get your weight up. No, just walk into the room. You, oh, we have a waiting right, yeah. room now. You don't even need to. He seems like a crucible guy. <laughs> he does seem like a crucible guy. Anyway, he's like, he runs to a coffee shop because he's like, gotta stay awake, gotta stay awake. He's about to walk into the coffee shop. A gang of dudes walks up behind him for absolutely no reason, puts a gun to his head and says, how badly you want to die, Holmes? And his response is, man, you got no idea. And takes their guns apart with his TK. And a nearby car, too. He just, he just disassembles <laughs> everything. And they're all, like, shouting, and he just calmly walks into the diner, orders a coffee, and reads the newspaper. Meanwhile, or I guess in the morning uh, at an off-campus dorm, University of Chicago, uh, we are introduced to Jeff, Tom, and Alice, who are uh, with Purity. Jeff is actually the guy that uh, that Kitty sucked the shit out of in that X-Men issue. Yep. 
He deserved it. Yep. Uh, and Alice. This is a Nazi. Alice is the most racially ambiguous. Uh, <laughs> I think she's black. I can't tell half the time. I yeah yeah I also thought that she was black, but because she looks, she's significantly darker than them here. But she's later, definitely she definitely not a white woman. Yes. It. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, man. But also, once again, definitely not a white woman. Definitely yeah. doing some white supremacy. Definitely. She, definitely. Call it human supremacy, but like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they run the hate website, and they're t- they're talking about the like this upcoming physics experiment, and apparently, they have uh. Freaking, oh gosh, what, what's this one? What's this dude's name? I completely am forgetting. Jeff? It's not Jeff. No, it's Tom. not Jeff. Tom, yeah. Tom is the one who has hacked into, like, all of the systems that run this physics experiment. And they're concerned about it because apparently it's an impressive enough experiment that they're like, these people are going to unlock the building blocks of the universe. We can't let that fall into mutant hands. Yeah. As if they haven't already experienced the Macron crystal. Like <laughs> And as though these idiots can possibly comprehend it themselves. Uh nothing in Chicago can be more building blocks of the universe than the Phoenix. Like <laughs> I mean the bean, maybe. headphones out of like the, the plug no it's fine they're good but i mean like, that oh, wall at wrigley field that uh the spacing of wrigley field frankly because uh, it's the only park where you can hit a ball like 400 feet and it's not a home run because it's a oh, hundred years old and they refuse to don't get me started uh Whoa, baseball we is done we can't get on baseball again we can't do it <laughs> uh but they have hacked into the computer systems for this physics experiment and who um, should be running this physics experiment but Kitty. But our dear friend, before they go, uh, or before they switch to the physics experiment thing, um, they say a lot of bigoted bullshit about mutants. Um, Tom and Alice share the grossest kiss I've ever seen in a comic the book. most disgusting kiss I've ever seen. She's biting his lower lip. And, and pulling, pulling and, and talking. Well, like, oh, it's, it is weird he looks like he's but being also, punched in the face but also he's down bad and i totally see <laughs> like well in my head really alice sounds job. like Cree summer mm, yeah yeah i just i totally see in this that like he they're doing a good it. job of framing that like he's fucking this girl and she's a little crazy and, and she's kind of putting these ideas in his head yeah, and, and he's, he's just like, yeah, that's what my girlfriend wants to do. And listen, far be it for me <laughs> to be the guy who says, no, man, question things your girlfriend tells you. Because I certainly don't. So your girlfriend isn't encouraging you to um, sabotage the functioning of a uh, she's not trying to get me to kill a bunch of people experiment. no she's just trying to like encourage me to like buy a new couch 
Sh you should buy a new couch. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that's... someone's telling you you need a new couch, you need a new couch. Like, like she texted me, I think today. It was like, just a, just, just a listing for a couch. Like, hey, check this out. Because <laughs> I definitely no do need a new girlfriend. couch. The good don't question your girlfriend. The bad don't question your girlfriend is when your girlfriend it is runs lying a hate to group. you. <laughs> runs a hate group and is lying to you about what they're gonna do. Because our, our boy Tom here thinks they're just going to monitor the physics experiment to Wrong. see if there's any mutant activity. But Tom was the one who hacked into all the computers. And then he, he left. Gave them access. And then he leaves. He fucking leaves. He's gone. And uh. so. So, Go for it. Uh, Kitty is with the uh, with the rest of her physics class, looking like she's in a sequel to Alien. Yep. Uh, and they're just getting everything ready. So the professor is uh, really quick. She's wearing coveralls, but the coveralls are also a belly shirt, which completely defeats the purpose of coveralls. Coverall. Correct. <laughs> Does not, in fact, coverall. Uh, and yeah, they're trying to find the bu fundamental building blocks of creation itself and see if they can manipulate them. They've made t-shirts uh, out of their their faces on the Purity website, which is kind of a flex. That's kind of tight. It's, like they, it's not just their faces. It's their faces with sniper, like, targets. Crosshairs. Over and the, yeah. Crosshairs, that's the word I was looking for. Like, it's, it's kind of tough. <laughs> Listen, I think it's fucking baller. Like, seriously, a bunch of Nazis are like, we specifically want to target this group of people. And imagine putting that on T-shirts, passing them out to every single person who's on it, and just being like, yeah, yeah, fuck so these what? guys, yeah. And then they have like an anti-purity logo on the front of the shirt. Yeah, and the then... purity logo, by the way, is like the the it's torch that the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty holds, yeah. and it says purity, and they have like a, a red X. Uh, and so Danny, who's one of the kids in the class, is like building a virus to crash their website, which is a terrible idea. You will face legal action. Don't do that. Which Kitty literally says at one point, uh, she she said, sweetie, I'd rather not be expelled. I can't afford to pick a fight. And said, Danny's building a virus to crash the whole website. She said, oh, good. Not just expelled, but indicted. Uh, and She's so correct. That's a crime. While they're doing the experiment, sure enough, uh, shit starts to go wrong. Kitty realizes, oh, we got to get out of here. We got to abort the test right now. Also, the experiment contains a weird glowing crystal and a bunch of lasers. That's what they're doing. It just, it's, it's, it's a so crystal and lasers. <laughs> how this experiment works, but I don't know science. I am uh, not... A physics major, so things go which poorly. is good because it means I'm not depressed. Too. The covers for this are very weird. Um, They're strange. Like they almost hit like a like a weird male gazy kind of thing on some of them, but also these were drawn by a woman, so they look kind of like what um, fashion editorial drawings look like. When, um, if anybody's ever watched Project Runway, when like they're sketching their idea for their look, and you look at the proportions, and it's like, hello, can you not hear me? We are having technical difficulties. What the hell just happened? I can hear you. Can you hear me? 
Oh, you can't. Oh, that's bad. Hello? Uh, sorry about that, folks. We had, uh, some technical difficulties there. I'm back. Well, we're back. Um... Unsure as to fully when it cut out, but to finish the thought that I was having, maybe this will be a repeat, um, these covers remind me of the kind of drawings that fashion designers make for their um, sketches of designs that they want to do and looks. Like if you've ever watched oh, Project yes. Runway and you see how they sketch and it's like very skinny, like snatched waist, stick thin, very tall, like almost watercolory shading on it. Not watercolory, like the kind of colors are done with like Copic markers and stuff. It looks exactly like that. Yeah. So. That's my thought for the covers. Not the same artist that does the interiors. Yeah. And, and in like, issue two, which we are about to get to, is truly when I begin to love this artist. <laughs> yeah. So Kitty realizes... This is the emoji <laughs> issue. Kitty went... Uh, she's like, oh, shit. Oh, this is going bad. We're all overwhelmed. And Claremont starts to Claremont here. And it's just like... How much? Walls of text. A lot of text. A lot uh, of text. Everything's exploding. The main is power is... The computers, because they've been hacked, they can't control the system, so they can't turn it off. Which, the fact that they don't have a, a physical a physical kill switch, that this is why you need e-stops. You need physical e-stops that breaks the circuit between whatever you're doing with your giant lasers and crystals... Between that and the main power. So the problem is, is that it's plugged into the city's power. They can't turn it off remotely. And the lasers are on at full blast. They wanted to test it at like 10% capacity. But the lasers are at 100%. They lost control. And the thing's like, it's gonna blow! It's, uh, yeah, ungood. Very bad. Uh, so they... The also, one dude's calling for help with a flip phone. 2002. Uh, Tom sees this from a distance and realizes, oh shit, this is what just happened. Uh, Jeff also, sees it and goes, shoots a giant, it shoots a giant laser yes. into the sky. <laughs> we need to mention there is a giant laser. We see it leaving the atmosphere. This is a planet-wide level giant fucking laser beam that shoots into the sky and is not really stopping. Karma sees it from the bus and is like, that's where I left Kitty. Which Which implies that, that she they, which, that, Uh-huh. That Kitty said. They were hanging out. No, this happened at night because they did mention the physics experiment was happening at night. That's true. It implies that, they stayed, that they were hanging out that day. And that that karma dropped her off. Which, which Karma she, doesn't have a car. That oh, means so Karma went car. with her. That means that she went with her and they got on a bus. Which yeah. is crazy. That's gay. That's, I got a lot of friends I love, uh, but, um, you know. Would you voluntarily ride a city bus for them? I'm not riding a bus to drop them off at the thing that they got and then going home. 
Yeah, exactly. I would ride a bus like to go hang out with them. Yes. Or with them to go somewhere, but not like with them just for them to get off and go to work. So now I gotta go stand at a bus stop. That's crazy to me. That's insane. It's, it's truly man, insane. Different. Uh, um, so this freaking, what's her name again? Alice? Yeah. Alice just puts on sunglasses. <laughs> that is a Cree Summer character. She is. Alex just puts on sunglasses. Alice just puts on sunglasses, and uh, Jeff is like, "Oh my God, Alice, what have we done?" And she said, "What purity was meant to do from the start, Jeffrey. We've struck a blow for the su- he- survival of the human species. Isn't it magnificent?" <laughs> she just like stares straight into this fucking laser explosion. She looks thrilled. Kitty says to the professor, "We got to shut it down by hand." He says, "All right, get everybody out of here." Use the getaway tunnel as far as quick as I can. Is she fucking collapsing? Everyone's like, one punch, one punch, knockout. And she's like, I got a better chance of surviving than he does. I don't have time to argue with you guys. Get him out of here. Which is great because they actually listen. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, that's for true. Um, She hugs a couple of them. And then they run. Yep. And so. Here, Kitty ditches her coverall and also the shirt she had under it? Yeah. So she's yeah. just, like, in her sports bra, I guess? Yeah, she's in a sports bra and pants, which, granted, it's apparently really fucking hot in here. Yes. Um. Also, she does this really cool move where she just, like, holds her arms out wide and just falls backwards and does, like, a backflip through the floor to the, to the story below. Like, she just, like, phases through the floor. It's like she's, like, diving off a dive board. For but those just of you who might not her. know, I realize there's a possibility. Kitty oh, Pryde's power is to, t- is to pass through things. Yeah. When she her- phases through things, she becomes completely intangible and can walk through them. She can use it to kind of fly a little bit. Not super well. She's not, like, known for flying. But she can use it to float up higher. And she can... She describes her default state as being a ghost. Yes, because she got fucked up in Fall of the Mutants. Nope, Mutant Massacre. Because she got fucked up in the Mutant Massacre. She... It wasn't normally like that. Her normal state used to be person. And then she got fucked up in the Mutant Massacre. And when she was healing, they sent her to... When she was healing, there was a crossover with Doom, where Doom fixed her. She became friends with Franklin Richards, wild. And then she went over to Excalibur so she could hang out with Moira and heal from the ordeal. That's, like, why she's over in the UK. But, yeah, she's she's ghost. She's ghost girl. Um, oh, and when she phases through electronics, it usually disrupts them. Yep. Which is very helpful. We get that panel that you sent with all the eyes where she is. Well, she survives an explosion. Yep. And she's trying to turn the main power off to these lasers. And she also explains that, like, she does have to breathe still. So even if she's phased, like, smoke is bad. And. If she stays in fire for too long, she can get burned. So even if she's intangible, she can't just, like, stand inside the middle of a roaring fire forever. So she just got into a natural gas explosion, which knocked her on her ass. She's now, her her clothes are falling off of her body. (laughs) She's in this sports bra, 
She puts on goggles, walks up to these lasers, grabs a fucking crowbar, and is, like, trying to disconnect the main power. And there's this one single panel where she's buff and sweating and, like, jacked. And it's, it's, like, drawn from, like, an upwards angle where, like... She's got a foot on something and she's like ripping something back with the crowbar. Truly, when this episode gets tweeted out, I will put a reply tweet with a screenshot of this panel because it is important to me that all of you see this. But she's <laughs> huge. This is, I said this to Marcus and his response was, oh, Jesse, you're going to be unhinged this episode. I, I, I think what I, I think the exact words were, oh, we are going to get the most unhinged version of you on this episode. I it's so hot. <laughs> it's just, I, I did this the other day, and I literally added the caption "Happy Pride to me." <laughs> it's Kate Pride, marry me. Kate Pride, fucking, she's she's the captain of a ship. She has a sword now. Like, marry me. <laughs> they were like, they looked around, and they said to Steve Orlando, "They said, Steve." How can you? How can we really corner the market of women who love women? And he said, "Let me talk to some people. Let me see what I can do." And he came back with, "We gave her a sword." <laughs> oh, that wasn't Steve Orlando for giving her a sword. That was oh gosh, I'm completely blanking. Who wrote the first run of Marauders? Oh, uh, Steve Orlando's the thing. She does get in the first one. Uh yeah oh yeah she gets it in the first app in the episode yes. first issue right. um of the first run of marauders because steve orlando is writing the current run of marauders where they gave her a spaceship even though in the first run of marauders she has this panel it's incredible where she's literally just like maybe i should stop going to space i I'm just when i think about the first run of marauders i just think a lot about her whooping sebastian shaw's ass absolutely and he fucking deserved <laughs> every knocks, second of it kenny knocks on the door he goes who is it and she sticks her also, she has knuckle tats and some kill Shaw. Yeah. Incredible. By the way, um, I want now that she has tattoos again. I want her to get the actual Lockheed and sword yeah. arm Lockheed tattoo. Sword? Yeah. I want. Th- I want that. She's a pirate. Let her have a fucking anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway Kitty survived. She survived. Happy about it. She makes her way into the tunnel to be rescued by Shannon Tom. Who are wearing, like, emergency responder, like, smocks and hard hats. Um, wild that Sean showed up and was literally just like, I would like to be an emergency responder. And they were like, here you go. Yeah, here you go. What are your qualifications? Yes. Apparently Tom used to be an EMT. Right. So, like, that, that, that yeah, one makes more sense. Firefighter, bear, basic paramedic and rescue. Which is wild, but also... Sean, literally, like, she happens upon Kitty. She's like, Tom, I found someone. And then Kitty's like, who, Sean? And the next panel is Sean just hugging Kitty so tight. Yeah, like, holding her up. She she runs forward with such force, her hard hat comes off. (laughs) It flies off, she reaches in for the hugs so thoroughly that it just, like, flies off her head. Um, they make their way through the tunnels and meet up with Kitty's class, who, uh, who are so scared to keep going, um, 
And so Shan uses her power to... Which, did we mention what it was? No. Karma's power is to possess people psychically. Yes. It's very useful for stuff like this, less useful for fights. That'll come up. Yeah. Yeah, less, much less useful for fights. She does hold her own with a sword in the Crucible, but that is a while from now. That is, uh, you're going to be waiting about 17, 18 years for that. Uh, then the um, caves into the tunnel and they're saved by Shola, which yep. character established. Yeah, it's a good panel, too. It's like, they're oh, about to get crushed. Cool. It looks super fucking cool. Also, Tom losing his shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! So, Kenny, Kenny and Sean are enthused. They're both like, like, yeah! My dude, you saved us! And so, he's like, stay away, Tom's like, stay away from it. It's a mutant. It's a, it's from Genosha. He's like, he's like, he is so a person who just saved us. He's like, Tom just starts spouting off anti-mutant shit, and then Kenny's like, hey, check this out. (laughs) She sticks her arm through his chest. And just, like, leaves it there, and she just says, I'm a mutant, Tom. And he looks so horrified. He, She's so chill about it, but he literally looks like... I can't even describe it. He, he looks like he wants he, to spit on her. He... It's insane. They do a really good job of making this man look like a fucking bigot. Every How, how this artist draws this man's... The way he holds mouth, his mouth. The way he holds his mouth when he's, like, shouting is very... It's very Trumpian. You can picture it. Just that's the the way his mouth moves looks exactly like that. Yeah, exactly uh, like that. And so this man fucking looks like it <laughs> looks like Eric Trump. <laughs> or like an ugly piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he gets to be the token straight friend later. So I mean, like whatever. <laughs> um. Oh, she then follows it up with, does that make me a monster? And he's, like, holding her hand away. And they have, like, this intense eye contact where she's literally just, like, bring it. Like, whatever. dead into his soul and he just walks away. And she calls him a jackass. <laughs> and Sean goes, uh, from your mouth to God's ear. Which is karma for, yeah, you said it best, brother. <laughs> and by the time that Kitty gets out of the hole, Shola has just left. He just disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shola establishes, like, he cleared the road so that fire crews could come. Yeah. He was basically like, I cleared the debris. Cars can make it. I gotta bounce. Because once again, this man is currently in the process of being deported. (laughs) And he has good reason to fear. Yeah. Consequences of this explosion. Because. It will assuredly get pinned on him because the fucking Chicago PD show up. And, like, and want to question Kitty. Yeah, they want to question Kitty. They do end up questioning her whole class. Which I do... I understand why you would need to have a debrief with every single person who was there before the thing started exploding. Like, I understand that from, like, a safety perspective of, we don't want this to ever happen again. Let's make sure we know what happened. Like, I get that. However, I don't think that should be done by the cops. In interrogation rooms without lawyers present. Yeah. 
because Kitty goes oh, off to her. Them. Kitty gets to go off to her um her therapy appointment. <laughs> Because um, it's now 9 a.m. Kitty has spent all night dealing with this shit. She spent, like, all night in a tunnel, getting exploded, doing all these things. She hasn't slept. She hasn't gotten a chance to go home. Well, she managed to change her clothes, so I think she managed to go home. But, like, it was late at night when the cops showed up, and they're like, can you talk? come to the station? She's just like, I have absolutely. a doctor's appointment. <laughs> uh, like, this girl didn't sleep, and now she's in fucking therapy <laughs> at 9 in the morning. Uh, she argues some more with her therapist, talks about her dad, uh, talks about how his her mom's in witness protection, and, uh, like, zones out, and her, her therapist goes, where did you go just now? It's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, she, she, she just leaves, puts her glasses back on and leaves, but then she has them off again when she gets to the interrogation. Maybe it's her attempt to be like a Clark Kent secret identity thing yeah, of like. Yes. She uh, wore a mask as Shadow Cat, though. Like. She had a mask! Oh, Kitty's 80s costume is hilarious. Oh, I was thinking of the blue one. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. The blue yeah. one with the mask and like the puffy jacket. Oh, it was, I thought it was a shirt. Yeah, but either way. It's like a leotard. Puffy. It's so puffy. It's she incredible. She looks like a pirate. Um, she so looks now, like a pirate then than she does now when she is an actual pirate. She has a cool pirate coat now, and she carries a sword, and Lockheed's like the parrot on her shoulder. She's very pirate right now. Let me rephrase. She's pirate captain right now. She looked like just a pirate before. Bishop Actually, like you know, you, you know what? She looked like in that 80s costume. She looked like from the Princess Bride. She looked like Wesley. Yes. She the with the with the black dread pirate Roberts outfit yeah. with the puffy shirt and the the mask covered exactly like that, but baby blue. Incredible. Incredible Alan Davis <laughs> costume. Um So now they're at the precinct and also this the thing that was on the website is like plastered on a telephone pole. Yes. Like the hit list of faces with the crosshairs is on a telephone pole outside of a precinct. Somebody put up a threat on other people's lives. Outside of the police department, <laughs> they did nothing. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's the CPD. Like, yeah, correct. Like, uh, it's cops broadly. Uh, yes. The cop does ask her, I always thought this was funny. Yes, do you prefer Catherine or Kate? She says, I actually prefer Kitty. Uh, my note for that is give it a couple years. Yes. <laughs> Give it like 18 years. Yeah, but like five years for her. That's true. Uh, and so the cops like press her about her dad's bank going bust. Like that's her problem. Apparently one of them has a cousin who lost his house because like the mortgage fell through because the bank fell apart. And I was just like, my man, you think that's her fault? <laughs> well, she had to do it. Uh, she was like 17 with that. Uh, and so Kitty explains like hey we're the fucking victims of this and uh, the cop asks are you a mutant Kitty he says what's that got to do with anything we ask the questions are you he says hell yes isn't everyone the great panel too she's very just like yeah like and, and what is, about it isn't everyone like what yeah what do you do about it exactly nothing son 
Uh, and so they ask, she meets back up with her class and they ask the same thing like, hey, they asked us if we were mutants. She's like, and we all said, hell yeah. <laughs> that rules. I love that fucking solidarity. They didn't talk about it in advance. These are no, the people that were on their t-shirts. These are the people that were willing to wear the crosshairs hit list with their faces on it around. These people were literally just like, we gotta, we gotta do an I am Spartacus. Yeah. yeah we gotta. <laughs> kind of unilaterally went, all right, so fuck these guys. Yeah. Uh, issue three opens with uh, Kitty getting a warrant. <laughs> For searching her apartment, which this scene is fucking brutal. It's so fucked. It's so fucked as like, I have lived in the same apartment for two years now. I just recently got done repainting my living room and I've been cleaning all week because I have family in town later this week. And so I like, I care a lot about my living space and keeping it nice. And this scene where the FBI comes in and trashes her place and goes through all her stuff and picks up all her belongings. They pick up like a little stuffed animal of Lockheed and they make fun of it. They pick up a photo of her dad and they, they use it to, like, her... pester her. Yeah. They pick up her bras and, like, and they look at it. Like, whistling at it. And, like, the, just, like, the tr they, they take apart her computers. Like, the true just, like, violation of, like, these 100%, like, men showing up to your house and just destroying your life because a hate group decided to target you. Like... She got swatted. Yeah, basically. Like, they basically it's just decided. And while this all happens to her, she's singing, um... My Country Tis of Thee in yeah, her head. Yeah. Which is... Um... God Bless America? Da, da, yes, it is God Bless America. Uh, uh I think America's so. Beautiful. That's it. No, it's not. It is not America. It's the my country tis of the sweet land of liberty. It's that one. Yeah. Um, Weird that we learned that song in school. I I I learned so many of those. That's the thing. I don't remember the names because like right, I learned like so eight of them. of them. Yeah. So many of them. Um, and and it's a really good scene. I, like this is good comics because it it like it cuts between her with like a much sadder face and. There's, I mean, one of the lines is literally, like, land where my fathers died. And it's these, like, fucking cops making fun of her shit. And eyeing her, holding up the bra and giving her a side eye while holding up <laughs> He's her making bra. the most ridiculous face. He looks absurd. It's, ins it's insane. And the same dude who was holding up the bra walks over with a photo of her and her dad and says, why so upset, kid? You've been through this before when we took down your daddy. And she, like, bursts into tears and leaves. Yeah, and he's like, sorry, boss. I figured flashing the picture of her dad was the clincher. And then his boss is like, good instincts, Lewis. <laughs> Our girl's tougher than we thought. Tell surveillance she's all theirs. Yeah, they, so they, they follow her. Kate gets on the train. And then and the coolest fucking thing happens. Yeah, immediately realizes they're following her and goes... Okay, and just decides to not be tangible. And because she's on a moving train, she stays in the same place, and the train goes by her, and she just is suddenly standing alone on the tracks. It is 
it is the coolest sequence. I was like, shit. I would, I would so, if, if this was, how useful would this superpower be? Think about it. It would be truly top tier. Like, don't get me wrong. I would always pick flight if I could pick a superpower. But in terms of like everyday usefulness, the ability to be intangible and walk through things. Up there. I would love it. I would love it. Oh, I'd be great. Um, Kenny goes to see uh, Jared Hogarth. Which I always forget because I, I, you always I know that Jared Hogarth is a guy. Yeah, in the season six, yep. because the because Jerry is such a great character mm-hmm. in Daredevil, and she's I mean she's horrible, but like she's great. Um, she's a good character, she's not a good person. But anyway, yeah. So Kitty goes to a lawyer. Yeah, goes and to, is back in therapy. Goes to Iron Fist lawyer, and it is back in therapy. Um, talking about her parents' marriage, about how she used to fix things and had to find the thing to fix. Yeah, uh, at one point, the therapist starts pushing her by basically saying, "Like, Kitty, you don't, you don't need to fix things. Like, you were a child. You." The adults were the ones responsible, and she's like, no, you don't understand. The, the therapist is like, what don't I understand? You were, you were a kid. You didn't you didn't have to have all that responsibility. You're and Kitty alone. literally yells, yeah. <laughs> she starts being like, leave me alone. And she keeps yelling, and she just, like, storms out, saying that it doesn't matter what she wants. This is a fucking traumatized girl. Yep. Uh... So back at the CPD, they talk to Tom, who goes home. Jesus Christ, this part is just wild. Alice, this is this. This is what I mean by Alice is a Cree Summer character. Yes, one thousand percent. This line, "Hail the conquering hero," that's I just hear Number Five's sister. Oh my I hear god. Every black woman from every cartoon produced For between 1996 and 2009. They're all her. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. She literally is wearing a skimpy, like, negligee, and she's holding a bottle of champagne, holding two champagne glasses in one hand, and, like, Tom walks in, and she literally says, Hail the conquering hero. And then makes out with him as he's like, what the like hell? She's got a leg up around him. And the very next scene is her putting her underwear back on. Yeah. As he's still in bed. Like. I know that look. <laughs> literally, <laughs> this man is exhausted. He is laid out. He. He's very tired. And this like, man wants to go to sleep. His eyes is so good because he's just like he is not here. Nope. He, nope. He is in the fuck fog. Yeah, yeah. And she starts like reapplying her lipstick and putting her like putting her clothes back on. And she's talking to him, and she's basically this is what this is also why I think she's black is because now she has dreads. Yes. <laughs> she didn't have dreads before. Well, her hair was in a bun, so I guess maybe they just didn't define it, but yeah. these are dreadlocks. Like, <laughs> this is a fresh retwist. Like, this is, 
anyway, that's why that's why I think she's black, even though I I think the I'm colors say, are incorrect. I'm gonna say that she's vaguely biracial. Yeah, the colors really do not make her that different from Tom it's in this like scene. Sometimes she is and sometimes she isn't. It's very weird. Yeah, this is not one of those scenes. But anyway, she's like reapplying her lipstick and she lets slip that they were the ones who caused the explosion. Which he had expressly told them not to do. And she's just like, yeah, we did that. And he's like, I'm calling the police. And he, like, reaches for his landline phone. And she says, um, to tell them what you did, lover. And he's like, me? What did I do? She said, did I hack the physics network? Did I decrypt their computers? Did I create the virus that caused this disaster? She looks at him like he is nothing. She looks at him like he's a speck of dirt. (laughs) And one really nice touch that I like about this pa- uh, this panel is that you can see- Hey everyone, Marcus here. Uh, due to technical issues, there's like a big chunk of the podcast that's uh, missing. And by big chunk, I mean like 10, 15 minutes. It's not a lot in terms of general content in the issues that we're covering here. Uh, so I figured I would just pop in and let you know what happened uh, in the time that went missing. So, after Tom leaves uh, Alice, that's her name, uh, shit gets very bad. Uh, Shan gets evicted and goes to stay with Kitty, but then Dylan uh, lets her rent out another apartment in the building. uh, Presumably because he realized what was going on between the two of them and was like, hey, you two could stand to be closer to each other. Uh, While Kitty and Shan are moving all of Karma's stuff... Uh, They decide to check in on Shola and uh, find his apartment ransacked. Uh, And then it gets firebombed. While they're there, they manage to save the people that are inside uh, the building. Not inside his apartment, because that would be weird. Uh, But then Shan gets hit with a a pepper, uh, pepper gas, pepper spray, tear gas, something like that. Uh, It's unclear. Uh, and then they're seemingly saved by Tom, who then uh, gets a shotgun pointed in his face uh, before being saved by Shola, who, in a very impressive display of telekinesis, picks up these dudes' van and blows it up behind him to get a cool guy explosion walk. Uh, the mutants decide that Tom's cool people and let him start hanging out with them, uh, and he's going to help uh, everybody move. In issue four, uh, we're introduced to Joey Cassio and Maria Bonaventura, who are young and in love, and in a very Claremont way, we learn everything about them uh, that there is to learn in a page before they are seemingly killed uh, by that boat. It's still not revealed what's on the boat that is wiping everybody out, Uh, but Joey and Maria are the next casualties of that. We get a really cool transition that goes from uh, the two of them seemingly dying uh, to Tom holding their uh, missing poster. It's pretty cool. Tom comes over to help Kitty uh, get her apartment cleaned up after it got ransacked by the feds, and then someone vandalized her door and wrote, Muty Lover, Get Out on it. Uh, It's revealed to be like a kid. And so... Uh, Dylan, her landlord, who is now has lighter hair 
overnight. I guess he dyed his hair. Uh, you know, just promises Kitty that it won't happen again. That he'll talk to the kid's parents and do what needs to be done. It's a pretty cool show of solidarity between uh, the two of them. Uh, Sholo wears a very cool t-shirt that says Hammer Bay on it, and I would like to say I want a Hammer Bay t-shirt. Uh, while they're fixing everything, Shola tells Tom to go and, uh, paint over the, uh, graffiti on the door. Tom asks Shola why he can't just zap it with his TK, and he says, if you want a demonstration of my powers, either keep talking or just meet me tomorrow. Uh, Kitty has another meeting with her therapist, uh, that a little progress gets made, but Kitty is still kind of resistant to the whole thing. And then, uh, Kitty, or Tom, rather, why'd I call Tom Kitty? Whatever. Uh, Tom goes back to meet with Alice, uh, because he's torn now, because, uh, he's now really realizing that he was wrong about mutants and is starting to consider everybody else's friends, but he still has these very strong feelings for Alice. Uh, and then when Alice reveals to him, oh, hey, I totally saw you with them last night, uh, what's the deal? Uh, I need to know where your loyalties lie. And he's like, oh, my, uh, my loyalties are to you. Uh, the best way to destroy those monsters is from within, which brings us back to the present uh, in terms of where the recording is. So this is Marcus from the future, throwing it back to Marcus and Jesse in the past. Thanks. We're close. And she calls her a, she calls her a skinny, mutie-loving slut. And Tom calls her out on it and is like, are you jealous? And he gives her flowers and she's just like, well, you're going to go destroy from the, from the inside. I want regular reports. Bye-bye. And, and not going to lie, when I first read this, I totally thought he was betraying them. Yes. Totally. But in fact, he's just saying this because he panics, because he likes Alice and he wants her to take him back. And when she's just like, well, why did you hang out with mutants? I saw you hanging out with mutants. And he's just like, uh, and he panicked and I he lied. and was down from like, inside. Uh, yeah, he has no intention of doing that, but I totally thought he did. Which, at this point, he might have an intention of doing that, but... He walks outside and sees... <laughs> he walks outside, he refers to himself as, I'm Tom the Betrayer! The modern Judas is what he calls himself, too. <laughs> Insane. He gets into his car, Shola's already in the car. He's like, ah, how'd you get in here? And he's like, I am telekinetic, why did you ask that question? You've seen him. But Shola can't drive. <laughs> Tom to drive him places. Tom, I need you to drive me to this this quarry over here. Oh my gosh! They go to this quarry, and Shola like shows off his power because, and he's there because they agreed to meet up so he could give he him a demonstration. Says to him, he says, "We had a date, remember?" <laughs> it's really queer. Uh. He shows him how his powers work. Tom's shirt is open this whole fucking time for some reason. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, so Shola takes a takes a bunch of like dirt. Or he, he crushes a thing 
and it takes the, when the dirt falls on Tom, he pulls it off of him with his TK, turns it into Just a cool. drill, throws it through a wall, brings it back around, and then points it at Tom. And there's this moment where Tom is like leaning against his car, and the the dirt drill is like an inch away from his chest, and his shirt is fully blown open, like Fabio. Fully blown open, and he's like, I'm impressed, I'm impressed! To try to get him to stop. Get it out, please! I'm sorry! Oh my gosh. And and Sh- and Shola literally says, what I do best, regrettably, is destruction, and I get stronger all the time. And Tom's like, is that a threat? And Shola said, why would I do that? We're friends, right? <laughs> Absolutely a threat. Hey, yo. So this is why I'm thinking, like, maybe Tom thought in the moment, I'll take them down from the inside. And, like, maybe he kind of believed it a little bit. And then he had this conversation with Shola, and he's like, nah, I shouldn't fuck with these people. <laughs> Never mind. Not a, not a good call. No. Um, oh, my gosh. We now cut to um, Kitty is telling a bedtime story to Long and Nah um, about them joining, uh, Kitty and Karma joining the X-Men. Karma is reading a book titled The Hobbit 2. And they, she's giving a bedtime story and she talks to the men like, they're moms. They are dual parenting here. This is, they're moms. Um, they're just sitting around, I think, eating ice cream. They are eating ice cream. They're sharing a pint of ice cream and they're, and they're sharing a spoon. They're handing the pint and the spoon back and forth in between each other when they're switching. I think they are also sharing the coffee, yeah. I think they're all, yeah, I think they're also swapping the coffee. Also, I feel like we should mention, like, we haven't been reading the specific lines. The overarching themes of this entire thing is that everybody's dealing with the fact that, like, Purity is a, like, crazy, awful hate group. Like, every conversation that we've been kind of glossing over that everyone's been having is just talking about how much hatred there is. And to be completely honest, I don't see the need to read a lot of that on this podcast. Yep. Um, We'll be here all night. A, would be here all night, and B, like, open Twitter if you want to read that. Like, yeah. it, we have we have too much of that in the world right now. Do we do we need to? It's it's online hate speech. You yep. can fill in the rest. It's all bad. All the it's, way around. It's all bad. Um, and, but these, these girls, they're playing house, and I... Love them. Up until the point where Kitty decides that she is not going to do that anymore, but we're not going to get into that. No, we can't. We can't. We can't. I don't even remember uh, what comic that's in. I think it's just later in another X-Men title. Kitty just leaves. Oh, they don't. No, that's in the beginning of the other New Mutants book. The one that we covered on the other yes. episode. And it's literally Sean is, is graduating, graduating. And Kitty and her- doesn't show up. <laughs> Yeah, she has three tickets, and Long and Nah are there, and the third seat is empty, and she looks out to the audience, and it's empty, and Kitty's not there, and she's really sad about it, and she's, she literally, like, when when uh, Danny shows up to be like, hey, we need you to come teach at the school, she's literally just like, well, 
I got nothing better going on here, so... Uh, My girlfriend, I, I guess, just left me, so... She literally was just like, well, I thought I had something, but apparently I don't, so I'm coming with you. And then that's when Danny tries to introduce her to the barista. Kitty Pride, terrible girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least, she didn't leave Sean on the altar by phasing through the ring. That is... Top 10 anime betrayals. Also, remember when Rachel just comes back and Kitty's just hanging out with Colossus now? Because Kitty never broke up with Rachel. Christ. Oh my god. It's, it's... Remember, remember that time that Ileana was begging Kitty not to marry not her? to marry her brother? Remember that time that Kate Pride in Krakoa came back to life, which was not guaranteed because of the weird way her powers interact with the island, and um, Ileana hires a mariachi band to sing her a love song and tackles her in front of a group of 20 people. And then Kitty just has her drop her off. It's fucking incredible. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> it's like, hey, I, gotta, I, I gotta go. You wanna take me somewhere? And you drop me off at this tattoo artist who looks exactly like you, who I'm about to make out with for the first time on panel, and then hasn't come up since. She kissed one woman in 2020. They gave it to us in the fall of 2020. I lost my shit. It I'm was sure September. it'll happen in Morocco. I remember, sure I remember this vividly. But like, oh, it was September of 2020, and it hasn't happened since. I, I'm sure that like Orlando. It's been two years. Her, like a fling with somebody in space. Uh, I want her. I want her to date Tempo. Yes. Time for Tempo. Let her date Tempo. Yeah. Why not? Let Tempo's her. a lesbian. Let her date Tempo. Anyway. Tempo explicitly a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> they just said it once. That's cool. Yes. Like Tempo's lesbian. Let her date Tempo. It would be great. Anyway. And Tempo would be like, "Damn, you suck at this." <laughs> yes. Tempo, <laughs> teach Kitty Pride how to be in a relationship. <laughs> if anybody will look at her and say, "Man, you stink at this," it's Tempo. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking incredible. Uh, so back to the plot at hand. The kids scream because they see what they believe is a monster outside their window. Kitty looks at her little security cameras. She sees the silhouette, and she's like, "Fuck, that's a sentinel." That's this new sentinel that showed up to wipe out fucking Genosha. Genosha. Yeah. Yeah, the kinds that Cassandra Nova helped make with the Trasks, the kinds that can the like the last adapt. of the Trasks. Yes, the uh, the ones that evolve and the ones that like pick up scrap. Um, uh, so they run after it. Shane has a gun has now. A gun. <laughs> <laughs> Shane has it a pistol. A gun. Which makes sense. They explicitly say, like, listen, your powers are great when there are people around, but like, you don't do shit against a Sentinel doesn't work against a robot um the sentinels have found a way to shoot kitty in a way that hurts yeah even when she's phased which is like wild she pulls shan through a wall and she <laughs> is surprised by the fact that she can get hurt yeah uh the sentinel realizes the gun is a problem and just takes care of that it absorbs it and then it turns around and points it at Karma. Kitty proceeds to jump to reach inside the robot sentinel with a hook and just pulls through it. Because <laughs> they're on like a dock or something. Yeah, they're at like a construction site. Yeah. It's a it's a dope it's a dope scene. 
It looks fucking cool. Yeah, he comes out with a big sclacked. Uh, and they keep talking about how these kinds hunt in packs. They're talking about how they know about it because of Genosha. And um, Karma at one point is like, you could have warned me. And he's just like, I didn't want it to know what our plan was. Sorry about that. My bad. Uh, issue they think five. it's dead. Yeah, they think it's dead. It is not. It is not. Issue five. It is not. Yep. That, that's basically the whole thrust of this is like, all right, we did it. No, no, you did not. You you did not do it. And now it has Karma's gun. Because uh, it didn't have a gun before. It was a melee-only thing, but it absorbed the gun, and now it can shoot bullets. <laughs> which is which cool. is. It's so funny. The shot of the, the shot of it with the gun up close is hilarious. It's so good. Also, this thing looks creepy as fuck. And oh, it's so scary. It's it's super creepy. Doesn't look like a sentinel, to be completely honest. But yeah. that's also like. The point, I guess. Yeah, like they're, but I they mean, were like trying the to one, like modernize Sentinels. And the make ones, them less big and but the ones in New X Men also still look like Sentinels. Yeah, like the, in, it's the, the eyes and in like Extreme the, don't. Oh, okay. I haven't read Extreme. That's the difference. Anyway, they've got this target acquired thing. Kitty's trying to distract them. She's going all intangible and like, she's got like a Jesus pose moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bunch of scaffolding phases through her. Uh, her and Karma run to the roof. Karma's got a lead pipe. Uh, Kitty tries to get Karma to run and leave her behind because Karma has a family. She's like, You have a family who have- needs you. Well, I. And she says, You don't say another word. And grabs her hand. They're doing like a pre- like the handshake from Predator. <laughs> yes, they are. That's exactly what it looks like. And Karma says, would I like to run? You bet. But you said it. We have to stick together to make a better world. Now let's take this thing down before that monster comes near me, you or me or my brother and sister. It's literally like, bitch, I ain't leaving. <laughs> me? You crazy? No. 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 Uh- and so they try to fight it off. Kitty realizes that it's ap- that she's gonna get recognized as the primary threat. Uh, it tries to super tase Karma to death. It stabs Karma through both shoulders. The the wires go out the other end, pins her to a wall, and tases her. And Kitty like screams like no and rushes forward and grabs her and phases her through and they hit the floor and the building starts collapsing and they start falling and this <laughs> they start falling and kitty's holding the bolt so they, they're more floating falling with style slowly and they land and they are like arms wrapped around each other in this pile of rubble karma has holes in her shoulders like she's bleeding but Sean is thrilled. She literally says, I feel so scared. And at the same time, totally jazzed. Kitty says, Sean, I'm so happy to hear you laughing. And then Kitty's internal monologue says these following words. And I quote, (laughs) For that precious moment, things are moving in a direction I never imagined. We both forget how much trouble we're still in. And they're staring in each other's eyes. They are like four inches apart from each other's faces. And then the sentinel attacks. They, I cannot stress enough, the look that Karma is giving her. 
This is a fuck look. It is. It is a kiss me now, Kate Pride. This is a, this is, if this sentinel waits 30 seconds. 30 seconds, <laughs> these girls are going to make out. They, they're so happy they're alive. They think they beat the sentinel. Like, they're pretty happy. Karma's laughing. They're they, covered in sweat. <laughs> they, I, I, I needed them to kiss. They did, they, did someone stop Chris? Did someone, Chris Claremont, did someone stop you? Did someone tell you that this couldn't happen? Did you want that to happen and they I said guess. no? Correct. Also worth mentioning, karma being a lesbian was not a thing he, like, decided. That no, was that was somebody, also, it was also was a joke. Larry <laughs> I don't remember. Whoever wrote the Whoever road was trip. X-Force at the time. And he was like, wait, yeah, actually. <laughs> yes. Because it could have been, like, a one-off bit that, like, no one like, ever talked about again. No, every writer was, after that was like, no, yeah, that's, like, a really interesting direction to take this character. This girl's Catholic. Like, <laughs> I'm curious. Anyway. Um, She's a the Catholic Sentinel attacks, immigrant. Yes! She, Sentinel attacks, grabs Karma by the throat and rips her away. And Kitty's, like, screaming and chasing after her. And... She has another thought bubble that says, dumb, dumb, dumb. We can't ever relax our guard. And I'm like, oh, baby. So I want right you to be- for acting human. Mutants have to know better. And oh. who falls in to save the day? My man, Shola. Fucking incredible. Have we mentioned that Shola's black yet? No. <laughs> Shola's <not>. black. <laughs> um, but I feel like anybody who knows me knows that the way that I have been referring to Shola this entire time... Probably implies that. Also, the fact that Genosha, he is native to Genosha. Like, Shola's parents are from Genosha. Genosha is off the coast of Africa. Also, if he's native to Genosha, like... He was there he, when it was an apartheid state. Yeah, yeah, he was. His, with the like, freaking mutates. With Havoc after the siege perils. Jesus fucking Christ, Havoc. <laughs> didn't choose it he didn't choose it he had no choice in the matter perilous said hey you got some issues to work out my brother uh anyway our boy shola literally superhero landing like three-point landing shows up takes the sentinel and condenses it into like a marble he just squishes it yeah it's incredible and then it like disintegrates can't get any smaller and it just disappears. It's wild. He, like, crushes the atoms together. It's incredible. The next morning, Kitty is bright and early for her 9 a.m. session with uh, Dr. Maureen Lizinski. Uh... She's been talking. She's been having more therapy sessions than we've even been saying. There's truly yes. so much therapy in this comic. She I actually personally therapy. think there's... I, it's almost too much therapy. I was about to say, I think it's too much. I think it's too... Especially Nobody from like, a narrative perspective. Yeah. No. And also from a narrative perspective, because most of the therapy sessions, I don't feel like give you new information. Right. It's a lot of just like Kitty working through stuff. Which I love a character works through thing thing. Right. But I don't feel like it fits with the mutant hate group thing. Yeah, um, she as does much. eventually at the end of this session uh, reveal to the doctor that she's a, a mutant. The entire conversation she has with her therapist here sounds very much like this girl is in the closet. Like, the entire thing is like, 
I don't want to be different. I just want to be me. Why can't people leave it at that? Yeah, because and she's using like the fact that she's Jewish to kind of stand in for the other yes. things that she's talking about. Yes. Because it does build up to I'm a mutant. Yes. And it works out well because like she mentions it in a much earlier issue. We didn't bring it up, but like she was talking, they were scolding her. Actually, this might have been in Unlimited. They scolded her for punching the dude, and she was just like, he was a Nazi. And I'm, I'm just Jewish. like, yes. I'm like, yeah, she gets to say that. Oh, the other thing is, at one point, Sean says, like, why don't we just go back to Xavier's where it's safer? And, and she sa- has this insane line, which, which I mean, it's baller as shit, but it's also, like, wild. She said, I'm a Jew. I have a thing about ghettos, even, even the, the ones, ones we, we build for ourselves. Wild. Ah! <laughs> We gotta run that past somebody. I don't know. Wild. I did see a bunch of people making kind of critiques about like Kitty embracing Krakoa because she had said that, and I'm just like, feel like this is different. Fundamentally, because Krakoa has power. Yes. And is not like we're all hiding together. Also, Kitty's very much just like I don't want to. I don't want them to take away my ability to like live a life. It's I consider it. She can still live a normal life on Krakoa. She doesn't feel like she's hiding on. Yeah, exactly. And but also like I understand her like her kind of righteous rage in this whole comic is very much like why should I have to be the one to change my life because these people are bigots. Why should I, I change? Do anything. They're the ones who suck. Yeah, like I am just trying to be a normal person going to college, not hurting anybody. She's not even doing superhero things. She doesn't have a costume in this whole book. Right. She never yeah, puts she's one on. Running around in fucking jeans. Yeah, she's been wearing her fucking bartending outfit. Which is not a costume, even though it does kind of look like But anyway, she, quote-unquote, comes out to her therapist as a mutant by walking through the therapist. Which, uh, Catherine, do not do that to people. This therapist looks traumatized. What if your therapist had a pacemaker, Kitty? Oh, shit, that's fair. This woman served in Vietnam. She might have problems. Wild. Wild. Uh, Apparently it feels weird for people too. So like, anyway, therapist is horrified and she says, I'm a mutant, Maureen. There's no way to end my war. Sorry, there's no end to my war. And then she leaves. Yeah, sobbing. Uh, She's like ugly crying too. Like that's real pain. Yes. Wearing another crop top. A lot of crop tops. Uh, Kitty, Shan, and Shola are sitting at Shan's apartment. My note for this is... Hi, I'm Shola. This is my girlfriend, Kitty, and this is Kitty's girlfriend, Karma. <laughs> Long and Na are at a window. Uh, the I forget which one is which. The little girl is holding a stuffed bunny, and the little boy is holding a baseball bat. <laughs> that is his size. Like a protective stance, like at the window. And yeah, they're all just like huddled around this like shitty table. Uh, Kitty's classmates show up and they're like, hey, oh my god, we heard about the trouble. I got searched. The feds threatened Kim with deportation. They threatened my parents. Luke's still in custody. It's so bad. And they're like, Kitty, we need you to stand up to those racists from purity because of, because they're trying to get mutants banned from campus. And uh, Kitty's like, look, the universe put me on probation and I'm kind of... Oh, uh, Shola points out, like, university put her on probation last time she got into it with these guys. Yeah. And she's like, look, I'd do something, but something's come up. Besides, he's right. My probation kind of devalues me as the anti-purity poster child, you know? 
And they're like, girlfriend here lost her brains and her guts. No. Which I think is mean of her friends to say. I think that's unfair of them. I do too. She literally fist fought seven Nazis. And where were all of you? Yeah. Watching. Doing yeah, nothing. Well, actually, they might not have been there. Yeah, but... In their defense, she was just walking across the quad and, and like, people happened. were screaming hate speech yeah. at her. Like, they might not have been there. But, but also... also his like, geek in the front. Where does he get off? Yeah, where, with the freaking, like, girlfriend here lost her brains and her guts. Why? What the fuck? This woman saved all of your lives, like, Everyone. three days ago. Every single one of you saved your lives a couple days ago. And... Then she got raided by the feds for it. And she's on academic probation because she fist fought some Nazis. Also, and I think it's weird look, that they know where Shan lives. Maybe Dylan told them. <laughs> yeah, she's at her girlfriend's house. <laughs> yeah, well, they've never met Shan before. Anyway, so like these, I think these people are being like, this is one of like the kind of two things that I think are a little like, eh, not, not not great with the politics because it works this guilt trip works yes. is the thing kitty's like okay i guess i have to go debate <laughs> debate them in the marketplace of ideas <laughs> unfortunately do bioshock unfortunately the, the the purity purity stuff is resolved by a, a public debate in a college by talking by talking to the bigots. Granted, it doesn't actually fix the problem. And they it's do not like they don't come to an understanding. No, there's no understanding, and there's no like. Kitty and we win. Her, right, Kitty just proves her point, and everyone's like, "Yeah, true." Like, I'm glad that I'm glad they. We'll get to it in a sec, but like, I'm glad that they say it and they have like a platform for saying it. But it felt a little like the media's idea of what college is like with the marketplace of ideas versus what college is actually like, which is like, also, sometimes people say bigoted shit and the administration doesn't do jack shit about it. Doesn't do nothing. Um, <laughs> which this comic is also very good about because the administration, when she goes on probation, fully takes, the, they're just like, we we can't condone violence. We want to hear everyone's opinion. And she's like, but they're saying hate speech. And they're like, it's a free speech opinion. And she's just like, they're Nazis. Nazis. Also worth mentioning, Chris Claremont, not from America. Good. We need someone who's not American. <laughs> like, like I thought, the more I think about it, it's like, oh, you know why this book is like this? Because Chris Claremont is not American. Yeah. This is very, like... Well, also, yeah. because Chris Claremont is, like, 50 and not American. Yeah. But, anyway, um, so they go to the quad where there's, like, this big... It's like a formal debate where purity is requesting like that mutants be banned from campus. Yeah, there's like a podium. There's a bunch of people here. Um, and it's, I mean, Kitty shows up, and it's a very good. Um, oh, it's also intercut with the Sentinels identifying things that are definitely not mutants as potential mutants and eliminating them. Yeah. So it is declaring that the threat is not just the Sentinels are coming for the mutants, but the Sentinels are coming for literally anything that could, that's not like the baseline, the purest of the pure right. Sentinels will fuck it up. And it's intercut with this debate. Um, And like, the, she says to um, 
Alice says, this proposal is slander. Uh, we have neither advocated nor committed any crime. We're being condemned simply for what we say. And Kitty goes, that's what you're saying is fucking racist. Yep. Kitty, Kitty makes good points. Kitty yeah. makes very good points. Yeah, she's like, Shola is an example. Shola is ready to throw hands. Shola has had enough. Oh, yeah. And she's... Shola is ready to escalate to gun violence. Which... <laughs> and she's literally like, no... A public fight is what she wants. Go take a lap, my dude. Go take a chill pill. Get out of here. And he leaves because he respects her. He says, yeah, true. And she says, he doesn't like the smell of hate on you. Uh, yeah, this is where Kitty has that Cubs fan line, which I will leave that alone. Um... Which it's, I like the context because it's very like... I like the context because in my mind, this is also the context where she would say, like, I'm bisexual, she doesn't. But, like, in, it's in there in my head. The whole line is, you know what? I'm a Jew. I'm a woman. I'm an American. And I'm a Cubs fan. Any one of those elements makes me a minority in the world. Or an object of someone's hatred. Or maybe even both. <laughs> so in my mind, I add in the, like, this is how queer people experience the world. But it's just, it's fucking bananas that she added in fucking Cubs fan yeah. to the, like, this might make me hated. <laughs> Like, being hated for being a Jew and being hated for being Cubs fan are very different scales here, Kitty, and I would like you to understand the perspective. I mean, in St. Louis, they might as well be the same thing. Oh. Fuck Missouri. And then she, 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 then follows <laughs> with, she then follows up with, um, but here at the University of Chicago, none of that is supposed to matter, except maybe the part about the Cubs. Which I did appreciate that because I thought it was that's funny. A, that's a pretty good. I thought it was a good line. Um, <laughs> Just like eh, maybe maybe I don't deserve rights as a Cubs fan. <laughs> I agree. So <laughs> Kitty, uh, so Kitty uh, so argues some more with her while Shan and Shola uh, talk outside, and then Shan yells because the the fucking Sentinels show up, and she's like, Kitty. There's another fight out here starting right now. And then we get to issue six, which is largely just them fighting Sentinels. A lot of Sentinel fights. Um, they're yelling about Sentinels. Shola's fighting the Sentinels. He's protecting Karma because Karma got zapped again. Uh, in a previous issue, we saw that she had bandages from where she got stabbed. Um, so she's like on the ground smoking, not not looking good. Um Shola is a fucking badass in this comic. Where is Shola on Krakoa? Why is Shola I, not on I, the Marauders? I literally looked right away, like, after he was like, fuck, where is he? And the last time anyone saw him was in that issue um, where he... With the Quicksilver thing? With the Quicksilver thing, yeah. Where is Shola? Why is Shola not on the Marauders? Yeah. Why is Shola on the ship? Yeah, we get... So shows up and throw the vibes way off. No, I think he would help with the vibes because the vibes of the current Marauder ship is that it's a giant polycule. Yeah, but like Shola is too, he's almost too gung-ho. And you have Shola, Bishop, and Dokken all together. That's just way too much ready to go right now. So Cassandra Nova. And Cassandra, Cassandra Nova. Nova. And Ernst. <laughs> Yeah, Cassandra Nova's there, and um, also so is freaking Aurora. She's also right. ready to throw. Oh, the way too. There's and Kate, she's ready. To, you know what? That is there's, that there's is. No, who's here? 
negotiating? Is it somnus? I think it's somnus. I think somnus <laughs> is the restraint. Because somnus is like 85 years old. And so has lived like 8,000 lives in his dreams. Well, he got brought back to life all hot and young. Like another person I won't mention again. So you don't have to do another edit. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like do 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 do. Um. Anyway, yeah, no, no restraint. But like, I want where where is Shola? Let Shola hang out with the new mutants a little bit. Let him go chill with Karma. Let him be like, hey Karma, what's up? What are you doing? Is this oh, your girlfriend, shit. Danny? Yeah. Hey Karma, I haven't seen you in a while. The legs new. Yeah. The legs Shola new. Who's not? This? Shola has not seen Karma since she lost that leg. Since before yeah. that, because that story with Quicksilver is like 2007. She loses the leg in Second Coming. Oof. Yeah, that's a while. So that's what, 20, 2010 Second Coming? Yeah, he definitely hasn't seen he the leg. has not seen her since then. So. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want Shola. I want, I want more Shola. Anyway, he's fucking kicking ass. Yep, Kenny he's comes doing in a for great job. Uh, takes upset. a little while. Yeah, she when she lost. comes in, for, no, when she comes in, for, she did. She's she's late because she got lost inside the building. Hilarious, love that. Um, she saves Karma by like reaching through a wall and grabbing Karma like around the shoulders and chest and dragging her through a wall. And she literally thinks in her head is. Sean doesn't like it when I pull her through walls. She says, she says it's like swimming through oatmeal, except that your body and the oatmeal are one. <laughs> and I just, I think that's such a visceral description. It's just yeah. like, you become oatmeal. <laughs> uh, cops show up, and the cops showing up gives them more targets because some of them might be mutants. Yep. Yep. The There is only one person in this whole comic that the Sentinels do not believe to be a potential mutant. And, and that is Alice. fucking Alice. Oh, it's Alice and it's Tom. Because this this story... No, it's gonna... not Tom. Huh? No, it's not. They don't. They explicitly say, like, they don't know with Tom. The, the Sentinels don't pass him over. They do. Oh, then I missed that. That's in Kitty... So, they re... Kitty's plan involves them, uh, the Sentinels, jumping past Tom. Oh, it's they jump past Tom because Kitty's there. Yes, it's a hierarchy. It's not true. Yeah, the only person it's, that it's, the Sentinels see as completely like, not a threat. They literally look at Alice and they're just like scanning because they're doing a lot of scanning. It's been showing up. They're like scanning. It's usually it says they looked at they looked at a bunch of rats in a trash can earlier and scanned it and said potential mutant. Like they look at Alice and says scanning. A hundred percent human. Perfectly human. Like, uh, in something like, operator approved. And it's basically like, cool, you can give us orders. You're the only human here. Like, she's apparently, like, the purest person around. Which, which is very funny to me about... Wild. Like, <laughs> about, like, Alice nebulously black uh, being called the only racially pure person here. Truly wild. Truly Very insane. Funny. Very funny to me, your boy. Uh, happy Black Music Month. Uh, <laughs> Usher is better than Chris Brown, and if you say anything to me otherwise, I will put your mother in the figure four. Uh, 
I so don't, don't don't respect people who hurt Rihanna. Uh, I don't respect Chris Brown broadly. I didn't, really, I didn't really respect him much before that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Shola is passed out. Shola has been doing the most. Shola has been carrying this fight, and he is tired. He is literally passed out on the ground. Yep. And uh, Kitty and Sean do the predator handshake again. <laughs> and drag everybody down into, basically back down into the foundry from before. Uh, uh, because Tom shows up with the car and everybody gets in the car and they do like a car chase scene. Yeah, yes. And then they, they end up back at the foundry. Uh, is it a different foundry? No, they this mentioned is the same one in Bessemer. Oh, yeah, we've got a couple of tons. Yeah, yeah we've, we've been here before, yeah. Um, and so Sean, in order to push past uh, Shola's limits, they basically form a mutant circuit here. It's incredible. Uh, so, Sharon possesses him, and they act as one unit. So she gives him her strength. Yeah. And uses, and basically mentally pushes him past his limits. Uh, to... Very anime. Yeah, it's very cool. Very uh, anime. Um, and so they, they trap the Sentinels in, like, a room, and they collapse a bunch of stuff on top of them, and then, uh, to keep them there for, like, a hot second, and so the combined power of Shola and Sean does the whole, like, squishing them into a marble and vaporizing them thing again, which is cool as shit! Yep. And then everybody just lays there in a big pile. <laughs> yeah, they're successful. It's a cool-as-fuck panel when, like, Shola, like finally does it and everyone's just exhausted They're all holding hands like all four of them are somehow all holding hands at the exact same time yep they're like, all holding hands they're all collapsed on top of each other and they're just like oh, we did it we did go, it go team uh kitty does make it back to therapy um they they investigate the ship that they were the sentinels came from uh, uh, it's sealed up from uh, South America, the Amazon rainforest, which is where Cassandra Nova was developing those Sentinels right. with that last Trask. Um, which I appreciate that when they said that it was a ship and it was on its way, they introduced it and they're just like, it's in Lake Huron. It's just like, yeah, you can sail from, technically, you yeah. can sail there. Like, yeah. there, there are ways into the Great Lakes. They all connect. They did that on purpose. Kitty's but they not find nothing left in the ship. They don't find any sentinels left. They're like, we got rid of all the sentinels. They think. They think. They Yeah, they don't know that one left with Alice. It's like a baby, too. It's like very tiny. Yeah. Uh, she's she's putting it back together. And she says, once I'm done, that what a glorious day that'll be. We'll deal with the muties once and forever. That story is resolved in Uncanny X-Men 449, an issue I have oh. read. Uh, oh, I, I didn't know there was a resolution. Yeah, uh, she fights the X-Men. Uh, they deal with her. Damn. Yep. Okay. Uh, Kitty talks to her uh, her therapist, who is just talking about coping, and you know the fact that you keep coming back keeps telling me that you need to be here and how much you know it. Um, this is your life to shape your future you can give up or you can fight 
but so long as you breathe, you have options. You have possibilities, and you don't have to face them alone. So, where do we begin? Uh, the cop that was, like, the head cop of harassing her. We should clarify, the FBI are the ones who tore apart her apartment. The cops just interrogated her. Right. And she saved a lot of cop lives at the, when the Sentinel showed up. So and they were basically just like, hey, uh... So what you did for me and the boys, I can't fix the feds, but I will try my hardest to keep them off your back. And like, you're our pal. And she's like, cool, thanks. And she walks into the bar and everybody's just sitting there. Everybody's just hanging out. Karma's sitting with like her butt on the top of the back of a booth, like feet on the seat, not sitting in a chair correctly, arm up, drink in hand, crop top on, ready to party, like karma's ready to go and waves to her and they're having a good time um and kitty's like hopeful she's like i figure i'm off to a pretty good start she's got her friends she's got the squad the like the purity people i think i think the resolution to that was the purity got kicked off campus or it was a stalemate because well, uh, because Alice is back at her family home. Is back with her her parents' house in Evanston, which is decidedly not Chicago. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's that's the comic. That's that's the end. That is that is the end. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought this was great. Yeah, um, like, this is very much a plot doesn't matter, all vibes kind of book. Um, but it's, it's very all vibes. It's it's about the power of community and um, and what being there for the people that you care about, uh, like, can do for you and for them. I seriously recommend reading it, especially because it's also very much, like, it feels very validating in the idea of, like, these hate groups are wrong. Yes. <laughs> and like these hate groups are bad people and we must stand up and fight them. We and must it's the treat them like they are bad people. Yes. And also like you mentioned with the community of like Dylan who's just like your door will never be defaced again. Like I will make sure of it. Yeah. I'm giving your friend a place to live because she was chased out. Like them going to Shola and like trying to find him because they're just like he was a mutant and he was there and there's a lot of anti-mutant hate. We should like check in on this guy and like protecting each other when hate groups come to fight you. And it's just, I don't I liked it. Yeah. It felt very good to read during pride month. But also yeah. every single interaction between Kitty and Sean, I cannot Extreme, overstate. Extremely. Uh, yes. The gayest uh, fucking thing I've two, ever heard. Absolutely. Those two are, are schmanging and banging. Um. But in the kind of way that like Kitty never ends up calling Sean her girlfriend and is like in denial about it. About the fact that it, they're dating. Yeah. Yeah, that's I I see Where that. Shan is, is very clear to like it's very clear in her mind that they're dating. Kitty hasn't really gotten it yet. Yeah. Which for the record, I'm not getting any of that from this comic. From this comic, they're both into each other. Yeah. Fully. That, I get that from what like happened he... immediately after, yes. which is Sean being like, she didn't even come to my graduation. I saved her a ticket. Fine, I guess I'll go teach at Xavier's um like it was uh, a little salty in that new mutants book um which i get i feel bad for sean 
feel bad. I feel bad for Sean. She's, she's got Danny now, though, so it's all good. She does. She uh, does. That. So will, yeah. That's a nice so place to leave this story. This. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that we were able to do this. Uh, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you all for. Uh, hanging out with us. Thank you all for sticking with this. I believe we've been through this is 25 episodes of this show, so that's very cool. Um, I wish I could say I know what the next episode is going to be. I'm sure I, it'll hit me like a lightning bolt in the next seven days. Uh, Till then, follow the show on Twitter at MCMFPod. Follow me at Archer Arios, A R X H E R A R I O S. The X is a C. Don't make me explain it. Uh, you can follow Jesse at Zahili on Stuff and Things. Uh, happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride, slightly late from all your pals here at More Comics Than a Motherfucker. Take care of each other. <laughs>